Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, welcome back. This week on On the (laughs) podcast, Elaine apologizes for not pre-opening all her tiny packages of peppermint bark. Hello, I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selecting from our movie genre, movies that in our opinion have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these movies on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick... On the podcast is John's pick. 2013's Gangster Squad. There, they're all open. No more peppermint bark noise. <laughs> <laughs> and this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Peppermint Bark. Tis the season. Mm-hmm. It's the most delicious Christmas candy. Of all the barks you're going to eat, they get peppermint. <laughs> I mean, willow bark has lots of great qualities to it as well, but it doesn't taste half as good. Have you ever had oak tree bark? That is delicious. Cinnamon's a bark, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> That's the only other one I know you can eat and not get the shits. And not get the shit. So Gangster Squad came out in January 13th of 2013 because it had to do some reshoots after the Batman tragedy in 2012. There was a scene in this movie where um, some guys, they shot through a movie screen and killed some guys. Really? So this got uh, pushed back for that reason. Mm. And that's what you call a fun fact. Not so fun fact, I guess. No, not so fun. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. It's an unfortunate fact. fact. It's an unfortunate (laughs) fact. But yeah, there was a movie theater shooting in this movie, and they had to take it out and reshoot some other stuff. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, that's why we're here, so we can learn things, Tony. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you call amazing. (laughs) All right, so the movie is a 1949 Los Angeles. Gangster Mickey Cohen has moved in with the intention of controlling all criminal activity in the city. He has bought local judges, police. No one is willing to cross him and testify. Everyone except Sergeant John O'Mara, a former World War II soldier whose goal is to settle with his family in a peaceful Los Angeles. Police Chief William Parker decides to form a special unit whose mission is to take down Cohen. He chose O'Mara to lead the unit. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> I think it's very important to say that this is based on a true story in where it, and then it's kind of based on a true story where they have left the names correct and changed all of the facts. <laughs> wow. For example, Mickey Cohen in this time was fat because <laughs> he had an obsession with ice cream. And in this movie, he's portrayed as still fit and things like that. Chief Parker was not the chief who created the gangster squad. Also, in this year, he was chief of police, but he was like in his 40s. Nick Nolte was like 70. Mm-hmm. Little things like that, other than, you know, the characters have real names. Other than that, that's pretty much all the guy going for. <laughs> but it's a fun ride, and that's what we're here to, to talk about. Uh, the movie had a $60 million budget. It grossed 46 in the, in the U.S. and 105 worldwide. So not a whole lot of moolah. I can't believe it didn't make more than that. We saw this in the theater. We did. And we were like, wow, that was real good. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Sorry. It could be bad. I might have changed my mind. <laughs> I mean, not have the Maybe we have the high fidelity effect, which doesn't hold up. Um, so it's got to... You never know. We're going to find out. We've got a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 32% of Rotten Tomatoes, and a 40% uh, Metacritic. Still really low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The director, Ruben Fleischer, is known for a couple things you may have seen and heard of. Zombieland. Mm-hmm. I like to say, ooh, I like that movie. Mm-hmm. Venom. I like that movie. Haven't seen it yet. And the upcoming Zombieland 2. Hmm. And he Both also movies did, I want to see. And he also had a short entitled Masturbation, and I hear he had that one well at hand. Oh. Mm-hmm. No? Nothing? That's terrible. No? Damn it. 
Yeah. It's true that he had it in short. Uh, this is written by William Beale, who also wrote Aquaman. And the some, upcoming one? Yeah. Mm. And some episodes of the Training Day TV show, short-lived. Mm. That's because much like the movie, it was dumb. <laughs> right. So, um, some, some actors you may have heard of in this, starring uh, Sean Penn. You may know him from Fast Time Ridgemont High, Colors, Carlito's Way, Dead Men Walking, All the King's Men, Milk, and that episode of Friends and the one with the stain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh Brolin. You may know him from a couple things, a little ditties. Uh, one is Goonies. Yeah. American Gangster. Um, he was in the movie W. He was in Milk as well with Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Jonah Hex, True well, Grit. Well, didn't he have some come out recently? What was that called? Men in Black 3. You're right. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, no, but he just he came was, out? He was pretty oh, good it was in a Men Black Marvel movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was called Deadpool 2. That's right. Yeah, he was great in Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah, he was also in a little little ditty you might have heard of. Made, 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 made a couple shekels. It was called uh, Avengers Infinity something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Infinity Gems? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Ryan Gosling. You may have heard of him from the Mickey Mouse Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he was also in Young... He's on my Teen Beat um, collage board. <laughs> Dreamy. Ah, he's on your collage board? Yeah, like, right there. Let's like see. In Just Friends? Right With the incense beat. burning? He was also Young Hercules in the TV series. <clears throat> that was trash. Um, he, he was doing one of my favorite romantic comedies. Remember the Titans? Uh, that's not a romantic comedy, but he was in that and was really good. Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Uh, he was also in a couple movies, Ides of March, was really good. The Nice Guys, La La Land, um, and Blade Runner 2049. Uh, our lead actress in this movie is Emma Stone, who you might know from... Such Ryan Gosling films as Such La La Ryan Gosling films as La La Land, Crazy Stupid Love. <laughs> she was also in uh, Zombieland. Mm-hmm. Easy A, The Amazing Spider-Man, and Aloha, where she, you know, the whole whitewashing thing happened. Wasn't she in Birdman? Yeah, for a little bit. Uh, she's The Easy A movie is criminally underrated. It is so good. I've wanted to watch it a few times. I Did you say it was an underrated movie? I know of a couple chaps that might I have no idea if it's actually underrated or not, but it's just criminally underrated mm-hmm. that more people don't know how great that movie is. And I uh, saw Aloha. She wasn't terrible in that. No, it's just that she was white and people don't like her. You know. I have... Feelings? Feelings about that and I won't say them. Anyway, so other actors in this are um, Holt McCannelly. Welcome back from... He was in the Losers episode. Giovanni Ribisi. We all from we all love him from Friends. Mm-hmm. When he has the, the classic line, my sister's going to have my, my baby. baby. <laughs> uh, Anthony Mackie. He's an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Nick Nolte. Robert Patrick. And Melissa Ann Young, who's uncredited in this, but she's also has some other uncredited roles that I noticed I want to talk about. Piranha, 3DD, mm-hmm. Stepford Wives, mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor, and Legally Blonde. Who was she uncredited in this? She was in this. Um, she was random, like a random girl. <laughs> <laughs> she was the bottom of the credit list. I was like, let's see, what else was she in? All right, so. <clears throat> I have a couple reviews here. All right. First one, Gangster Squad is a slight pulp fiction that offers all-out, balls-to-the-wall action riddled with as many cliches as bullets. And that was Lakusha Ivan Zeta. Okay. Cliches. Cliches. <laughs> and we have another one here. This is from John Lance. This film just confirmed for me not always to listen to Rotten Tomatoes. 
The reviewers seem to feed off each other lately, and it makes reviews not look at reviews themselves. This is a really entertaining film. It had a really good cast and a really simple script. A lot of violence, which is not for everyone, but the characters were great. It does have a really good cast. This was a really good review. I like how when they start out, well, fuck Rotten Tomatoes reviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, we found on this podcast that they don't know their ass from their elbow. That's right. The, the good reviews and the bad reviews yeah. are often like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> well, what did you think going in, Elaine? I thought, ooh, I like this movie. Eloquent as always. Tony! I was like, I have never heard of this movie, and I don't know how it slipped past mm-hmm. me, but it did. So I will look forward to watching it. I'm glad we remedied that. Yeah. <laughs> Bring us home, Carly. I also had never heard of it. I'm not surprised by you. But yeah, <laughs> I thought it was odd because this came out just not long before Tony and I met. And I was going out all the time. I went to the movies quite a bit. Yeah. How before did I, I not hear of it? Yeah, yeah, we don't go out ever anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but I was excited by right. the cast and I had high hopes. Which is how you know it'll work for babies because you previously yeah. had your girlfriend model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this movie opens with the Warner Brothers logo in conjunction with Village Roadshow. And we have an effect here into the starting the movie, which I know Elaine loves. I do love those. And it tells us that it's based on a true story. Loosely. So loose. I mean, there were humans on Earth. There were humans on Earth <laughs> in a place called Los Angeles, and these were their names. <laughs> Some of them. We have a voiceover. Everywhere, every man wears a badge. He wore a badge of violence. And we get a nice shot of Mickey Cohen, played by Sean Penn, and he's boxing. They really overplay his boxing. He wasn't a good boxer. <laughs> like, he was a boxer. He wasn't very good. He once got knocked out ten times in a row. Ooh. So. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, they make it seem like he was a good boxer yeah. in this movie. I mean, the average Joe, he's going to, you know, lump well, him up, but he wasn't a very good boxer. Compared to the average Joe, a not-so-great boxer is still way better in a fight. And they also, he was, like, five foot three, and he wore lifts in his shoes to come out at a whopping 5'5", five five, so... He wasn't a large man either, so to be intimidating the way that they're playing him off is not really what he did. He was pretty small in the movie, though. Uh, yeah, and they make one reference. But That's because Josh Brolin is huge. Yeah. <laughs> well, Thanos. I mean, he's fucking just giant. <laughs> well, because I thought about that. I was like, is Sean Penn that small? Because he looked really small in this movie, but then I was like, no, because everybody else in it's Josh Brolin over is six just foot. That, but yeah, yeah, they're all Anthony Mackie and... Um, like, look at how small Giovanni Ribisi looked. And he's just an average-sized dude, but like he looks... Five, nine, yeah, like a little kid. <laughs> yeah, he looked like a little kid compared to the rest of them. Help you with and, something, fella? Yeah. And Josh Brolin's not that tall. He's, what is he? He's only, what, uh-huh. five, five, eight or something? Because they were making yeah. fun of that in Deadpool. Well, now I have to because see. Because Cable's supposed to be, like, six, six or something. Yeah. Well, Lane's going to look that up. We're okay. going to keep I'm on see, going. I'm going to see if it says in his... I, I, I wondered... I just wondered if, five, that, no. if that was a camera trick that they made him look Probably. or something because Sean Penn's not a little dude. Not little. Well, he, he was a, Josh he, Brolin just has presence. He would whoop Ross, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he would whoop Ross. I don't know about that. Sean but. Penn is 5'8". He's okay. only two inches shorter than... There must have been yeah. they, they, some camera, intentional... Camera yeah. Yeah. Some, they do some funky stuff with cameras. Alright, so but uh, we get a voiceover from O'Mara. He wears a badge too. It says Los Angeles Police Department on it. And we cut to Mickey Cohen, and he has a an accent. He's doing the children of the night with music. In it. That's from a very underrated film, Dracula. Uh-huh. It's a direct quote overrated film. Yes, it's I about agree. a vampire. Just to, you know, <laughs> if you hadn't heard of it, you can uh, tune into <laughs> the episode where we reviewed it. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> Elaine had thoughts. If you like when Elaine has thoughts, listen okay. to our Dracula. Welcome episode. back to the podcast, Dracula movie. <laughs> you know, you know what my thought, first thought was, was? Wow, Tony's first favorite line is the first line of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching it too. Together, John for the second time, me for my podcast watch, and he said that's gonna be Tony's favorite line. <laughs> I bet you there was there was a quite it's a on few. your short list. Yeah, oh, we had such a, a hard time with that. Yeah, it's it's rough. All right, so and he's talking to a gangster who's chained between two cars. He's from Chicago. His name is uh, Tommy Russo, and he tells Mickey what that was. What's his name? Because mm-hmm. you know how I said he was, that was uncredited. To be Frank Grillo. Yeah, yeah, and. I'm gonna have to watch it again. And, and that's supposed to be Frank Grillo. That's supposed to be Frank yeah. Grillo. He's un- it's uncredited as Russo. Mm-hmm. Really, it did yeah. not look like Frank Grillo. It looked mm-hmm. a lot older. Well, in the movie here, um, Russo here is in charge of the wire service for Continental Wire Service, and Mickey wants to take that over. Mm-hmm. So what he does is that he has two cars driving opposite directions, so that he's drawn and quartering him, but just with cars instead of horses. It reminded me of the well, movie The Hitcher. He only has two cars. Yeah, instead of and four. quartering. That would be four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I we'll think call it halving. Drawn and halving him. <laughs> Drawn and halving. <laughs> or, yeah, buying him. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. And we, there's a lot of quick cuts in this. I know Tony loves a good quick cut. Mm-hmm. We cut to an L.A. train station. We're seeing a nice thing when we're getting off the... She gets uh, there and she's greeted by a nice real piece of shit. Which call what he is. He it, just looks like a rat-faced scumbag. Uh-huh. He's Why would you talk of, to that guy? He's like, hey, wow. Anybody ever tell you look like Lauren Bacall? Tony almost spit that lemonade. That was a lot. That was yeah. a lot yeah. to just fly out of her mouth like that. Rat face scumbag. Wow. <laughs> as a matter of fact, Lane's favorite character. That's is. what is. We used to call him Mitch. Now he's rat face scumbag. Rat face scumbag. So rat face scumbag is like, hey, we're having auditions today. Would you like to come? The RFSB. And she's like, yeah, I'd really like. My mom's gonna be so happy. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, this is where we found Lauren Bacall's right here in the train station. So, Amara's there and he sees this, so he gets in the car with his partner and they follow to this hotel. And he's about to go out and he goes, hey, they're about to show her a bad time. And the guy's like, so that's Mickey Cohen's place. And he goes, go get an ice cream. Reminds me of uh, where, um, in Catch Me If You Can, Tom Hanks goes, do your job and I get you a good humor bar. And then they're eating good humor bars later. But we'll never get to that movie because it's awesome, I think. I'll have to look. Anyway. So if you just got off a train, Carly, some guy's like, wow, you look like Lauren Bacall. Would you like to be famous? Would that work? No. First of all, but, I don't look like Lauren Bacall. Second of all, <laughs> I think it's a time thing. Yeah. In 1949, a fresh-faced girl, you know, going to L.A. But, to become famous. Right, right. Maybe. But if you specifically were going there to get famous. Yeah. 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 Well, a lot of girls, you know, they used to tell the stories about how so-and-so now. got discovered, like the hairdresser. So-and-so got discovered mm-hmm. eating and things yeah. like On that. On the beach. Yeah, just yeah, in random, just places. random places. It doesn't really happen nowadays as much. Mm-hmm. Well, because... We have the internet. They, well, that <laughs> and... We society wants you to have a tiny bit, uh, bent, a tiny bit of talent to back up your pretty face. Yeah, they're not quite. Nowadays, you're more likely to get uh, discovered on YouTube for having yeah. your own YouTube well, stuff. I, I break it down to the, to the numbers. In 1949, what was the population in the U.S.? It wasn't mm. anywhere near 300 and something million we're at now. Yeah. So there's many. There's a lot more options. So so there was. Quite a bit less because we were just out of World War Two as right. well. So a bunch of us, bunch of us, dust. bunch of them, you know, didn't make it back. Dust, yeah. And thank you for your service. All right. So, Amara, Amara walks in the door, mm-hmm. and he's you know he's looking for a good time. He's looking to meet somebody. I'm like, yes, somebody in mind, or you meet, you know their name. He's like, hope you can help me with that. So I guess that's code for I'd like to get me a hooker, please. Mm-hmm. That's a hooker hotel, isn't that? Mm-hmm. It's a hotel. Just then. <laughs> 
rat-faced bastard brings her into a room, and she's like, oh, I don't want to do this. So what is this? Well, as they're walking, she sees all these rooms with padlocks on them, and it's seedy looking and dark, and she's like, That's when you hit him with your suitcase and you just run. (laughs) Well, and he yells something. Let's break her, boys. Mm. And they throw her on the bed. And this rat-faced bastard. Anyway, so we cut to O'Mara and getting in the elevator. And he's got two guys, and they're like, hey, guy, give me your pistola. And he moves his coat, and they see handcuffs. And they go, you're a cop? His answer should have been, no, I'm just into some kinky shit. <laughs> but and that would have solved that problem. But now but no. he has to find his way out. He's like, if anybody wants him. to get off. <laughs> <laughs> so he shoots him, and he beats the shit out of this guy. And this guy grabs his gun, and he sticks it outside. And he has he cuts the guy's hand off. Yeah, dude. The fight scenes in this... I love the fight scenes in this movie, because they were dirty mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and nasty. That's some Camp X shit. Yeah. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So. And we cut back to the room. And we get the... You know, this guy needs to be penciled in for a visit from the angel of death and he pulls out the razor after he has a knock on the door he says Tell you say me. word and I'll kill you and then he put her in the Murphy bed upside down <laughs> and right. I was like oh! <laughs> <laughs> and she's up there upside down and America was busted in he does the old finger in the coat trick like I have a gun <laughs> and they call him on it right away like you don't even have a gun he goes come over here and find out so as he walks over to check it he pulls out his finger and uh, it's, it's the finger gun and he goes bang and the fight is on <laughs> camp X shit I'm telling you Hits, hits a guy with a table, puts a guy through a wall. Yeah. You know, everybody's just fight, 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 fight. Mm-hmm. All right, so then after this, he beats up all the guys. He opens up the Murphy bed, and now she's standing right side up. Yeah. She was putting upside down, <laughs> but now she's right side up. Do you know what I call that? Amazing. amazing. That's amazing. Well, we don't know how much space was behind that It's Murphy a Murphy bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they she don't had, all she had room to stretch out. And <laughs> there was space enough for a body in there. They show her at one point yelling for help in there. There's the mattress, and then there was a good eight inches where she was. So that means it's when... a deep Murphy bed. <laughs> she fucking fell on her head. She fell on her head. <laughs> That's what that means. And then scrambled up on her feet. So we She's got, having a bad day. You'd think she would be able to push the Murphy bed back down. You'd think. Yeah. Well, anyway. So we we got the Welcome to Los Angeles line. And it shows her her badge so she knows she's safe. But she has a look of relief on her face. And we cut to old Jerry Wooders who's sitting there giving a statement about how uh, Jack escaped. And the lady asked, did he overpower you again? He goes, no. He slipped his cuffs. Yeah, it was the damnedest thing. <laughs> like, he doesn't even believe it. I'm going to see O'Mara's walking a rat-faced bastard and his two buddies, ass and hole. Tony goes, oh, the one-handed guy didn't come. <laughs> I'm sure he's at the hospital. They couldn't cuff him. <laughs> Kept getting yeah. He slipped his cuffs, bastard. It was the damnedest thing. Anyway. So Jerry asks him what happened. He goes, they resisted. And really, what happened to them? They resisted. <laughs> and immediately, O'Mara's called into the lieutenant's office and he's told, these guys are going to walk. Really? On whose order? Judge Carter. And he has, shows him a warrant. He's like, damn, that was fast. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, isn't that funny? He's like, well, something about how, well, how'd you get that car or anything like that? Some of these guys were on the take. And yeah, his lieutenant nice warns car. him. And his lieutenant warns him. He gives him a good line. There's two things you can't take back. Bolts out of your gun and words out of your mouth. Oh, woof. That's deep right there. So almost immediately in this movie, we see that all the cops are dirty. Not all the cops are dirty. Most of them. 
90%. Not even most of them. The ones that you see. <laughs> I would say it's probably not even that many. It's probably only like 10%. But the 10% are all in key places. Because the beat cops on the street, you're not going to bribe those cops. They ain't going to do nothing for you. It's going to be the lieutenants. It's going to be the captains. And there's the really judges. not that many. Yeah. But all the... Pretty much all the cops look the other way, whether they're um, dirty or not. Now they don't want to look the other way. It's portrayed that way, I guess. Um, it is. The cops that are in the casino that find them, the co- like we see cops. Well, all, all the over, cops in Burbank and are dirty, but not the ones looking the other way. <laughs> Burbank, yeah. Well, we'll get to Burbank. They're just like we don't mess with them. Maybe they're not dirty, but they're not getting in the way either. All right. Well, we cut to. Um, uh, Ratface Bastard and his buddies being picked up by Carl Lockwood, who's Mickey Cohen's bodyguard. Jerry and O'Mara are sitting outside having a little chit chat, and he's like, "Jerry, this doesn't bother you?" And he's like, "No." And he takes a drink while working. So, and we cut to O'Mara coming home. We see that his wife is pregnant. Tells him that he promised. <laughs> he lies to her a little bit and says he didn't go looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> So then he cuts to him giving her, she's giving him a bath. And the first thing, I always, I always see this scene, I wonder the same thing. Why does my wife never give me a bath? Because you don't want me in the bathroom the same time you're in the bathroom. You lock the door. No. Also, there's not enough space in our bathroom. Like, and the tub isn't big enough. Like, I have to sit on the toilet. <laughs> or on the floor in front of the toilet. Yeah. There's not enough, there's not enough space. And your bathroom isn't any bigger than ours. <laughs> Do you want me to help you <laughs> take a bath? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I got a bath bomb and everything. I'm ready to roll. I feel like if you wanted me to help you <laughs> bathe you... a boat. A little boat. <laughs> Should I put a little basket. baby on it? Um, and a ducky. I want a ducky. Look, if you want me to take a bath with you, you this just a, have to ask. Is this a bath ransom? I want a, I want a ducky, you see? <laughs> and a yeah. chopper. I watched I that episode a ducky, of a chopper, copper. Friends where uh, Chandler takes baths the other day. Mm-hmm. So that's why oh, I yeah. say I give him a boat. <laughs> anyway, so... I got some Mr. Bubble. <laughs> anyway, so she calls him. He's a good man. He's a decent cop. He's a demon in the sack. Yeah. But good he doesn't... know. But he... <laughs> I like how he has a little snicker when she calls him that. He's like, Yeah. <laughs> And he does not have permission to go jumping on grenades when they're expecting company. I love Connie in this movie. She has, like, the best lines. Mm-hmm. And she she's really smart. Does. Yeah. And what's the great... Like, I love because it's very period <clears throat> to not refer to the fact that she's pregnant overtly. It's all kind of like, I'm expecting company and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. In my condition, she says. <laughs> yeah, because they never really come out and say it. And that was... Well, I think know. this was... If this was back. You couldn't even say pregnant on TV. Yeah. And the and yeah. man and woman slept in different beds. All I always refer to Lucy at that. It's like, look, and I love sep- Lucy. And yeah. at first they were separate beds, and at some point they decided it's okay. People understand. Man and wife sleep together, and they just push the beds <laughs> together. They didn't buy new beds. They just pushed them together. <laughs> hey, look, sometimes you think oh, separate beds. <laughs> in separate rooms. <laughs> no, I don't want Down separate rooms. Down the road. <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Thanks, Tony. I'm just kidding. In separate cities. <laughs> no, no. But we in like different states. mattress um, firmness. Mm. Yeah, yeah, our mattress. They have the split. Yeah, our mattress is yeah. actually split. Well, oh. most like this, but the king size mattresses, like, um, a lot of those are two twin mattresses put together. Mm. But I mean, don't they have the ones where you can mm-hmm. do the the sleep yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our, we have the memory foam, and mine's stiffer than her side. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we cut back to Mickey. He's with those fuckers from the hotel. 
the hotel. <laughs> oh, goodness. Mickey gives an exposition about how O'Mara freed all of his, um, his former non-volunteer prostitutes. Yeah. He gives a, a speech about how a, a good whore is like a thoroughbred horse. You got to break them in. Mm-hmm. Before you can teach them to do tricks. Got to catch early. them in the wild early. and break them before you can teach them to do tricks. Which is... Bad. Horrific. Which is bad. <laughs> Quite an interesting philosophy. All right, which, you know, always gets me thinking, what kind of piece of shit's like, you know what I really want to do? A drugged up sex slave. Because he says he gets them all hopped up on Mexican um, heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and what guy's going to walk in? She's like, he's like, that's for me. No, men are um, People are stupid. I want to say, unfortunately, I think there are lots of men that are just like... Well, you know what? It's a body. Fuck those guys, too. Well, I don't think there's as many as... The media kind of portrays, but I think there's plenty out there. Yep. Fuck those guys. Fuck those guys and their assholes. I mean, there's morticians that sleep with dead people. and dentists. Oh, that's just weird. Dentists that sleep with, you know, knocked out people. So mm-hmm. I guess Doctors that like, well, all kinds, of peaky peak and give you the gropey grope while you're under. <laughs> the peaky peak and the gropey grope. <laughs> those are medical terms. <laughs> no, they sound like Carlyisms. That's what it is. <laughs> anyway. So, rat face bastard. Uh-huh. Um, turns to say, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. what he deserves. Uh, you know, it was all that cop. And, and Mickey's like, he's a square Joe. I'm not mad at him. They should have put a medal on him. And just then they push these guys in the elevator, lock the elevator, and set that motherfucker ablaze. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta burn it down and collect the insurance money. Yeah, but all yeah. things, all good things must at some point be burned down for the insurance money. Good stuff. Now, do you feel bad for these rat-faced bastards that are burned alive? No. no. I no, it was their job in life to dope up girls to have them raped. Of all the ways that Mickey kills people, this, I think, is one of the more humane. <laughs> but... No, being burnt alive is pretty bad. Uh, do you think it is better or worse than being torn in half by two cars? And eaten by dogs. I would or rather... to have I'd, your head drilled. I go with the drill. <laughs> I, want, I want the drill. Give me the drill. <laughs> I picked the drill. I after I'm, the dude was torn apart, Tony goes. I'm like, not even dead. Like no. we have to wait for him to bleed yeah. out. I'm sorry. I'm going to be shot in the head dying. and thrown in the pool. Oh, you go with that one. Good one. Shot in the head, thrown in the pool. Let's not ruin all the deaths. <laughs> Some people listen to it just for the death. <laughs> all right, Tony. But no, you don't care about these guys because we see them kidnapping I, I and can't. raping. I care and about how hor- look. I don't care that they're dead. I care well, how horrifically they died because I don't care how horrific you were. I just want you dead. I don't want you horrifically killed. What does that yeah, do? Nothing. You're still dead. Just fucking shoot him in the head and be done. It's the fear. Double thing. tap. Like and- I, I agree. These guys needed to go the way of the megalodon, but they found a, under a trench that wasn't there. <laughs> Every time I'm in Walmart, I I walk past it. I'm like, oh, it's too expensive. (laughs) It's like thirty bucks. It's like really what? It'll be in the five dollar bin in six months. (laughs) We only buy the Blu-ray with the digital copy, which is always more expensive. Just wait. If you just get the regular DVD, it's like fourteen. Copy, then you got to get like the Ultra 4K and yeah, yeah. If you just get the regular DVD, it's like fourteen bucks. Those rat face good. It's a red box right now. It is, but Elaine wants to own it. I oh. need to own it because okay. I'm going to watch it a lot. Wait for your birthday; it'll be five. It's going to be the new I'm Thor. Rag- it's going to be the new Thor Ragnarok. No, it's not. <laughs> what do you want to watch? The Meg. Wow. It, I'm, I, what you just did is guaranteed you don't get that for Christmas. <laughs> it's it's not as fun of a movie as Thor Ragnarok. We don't know. We haven't only we've only seen it once. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you have to try it a couple times. Well, Tony's right, but I think Carly's more right. <laughs> I think she's wrong. Okay, well. We'll see. Everything about that movie is fantastic except for one small detail. Okay. And I'll save it for when we do it on the podcast. <laughs> no, not that. I'm the, fine the with idea the that Megalodons are surviving way under. Uh, no, nope, fine with that. Got no problem with it. All right, well, we'll get to that. The opening during scene the wasn't with the T-Rex. We'll review it. Elaine's right. gonna pick it. Well, no friends, worries. look out Someday. in 2019 for our Meg. In January 2019. <laughs> All right, so because, <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Tony might steal it out from under her. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, so I'm we cut, get it for Christmas. Hey, so we cut to Jerry, who's walking down the street and he's doing his thing. And there's a kid there who wants to shine his shoes. His name is Pete. Pete tries. He tries to tell Pete to go home, but he's like, "I have to make another buck." Jerry's like, "Well, if I give you a buck, will you go home?" He's like, "Yeah." Gives him a buck, and the first thing the kid does turns around, <laughs> shine. Yeah, he's a hustler, baby. Anyway, so... Well, he's in a bad part of town at yeah, the wrong at the time. He needs to go home. S- the Slapsy Maxies. That's what it was called. I was like, what was that bar called? Slapsy <laughs> Maxies. It looks like looks a... Looks like Tropicana from... It looks like a high-end club. It oh, is. it is. But it has a really fucking ridiculous name. Why couldn't it have... Just Maxies. <laughs> just Maxies. Cabana Cabana. What was the one from Sorcerer's Apprentice? That was Arcana Cabana. Cabana. Yeah, the Arcana Cabana. And that was a store, not a club. Sorry. That was terrible. Anyway... <laughs> So Jerry has his badge in his hat, and as he walks by, he takes his hat up and shows him the badge, and they just let him in. Mm. And he takes his badge out of the hat and then puts his hat on the cigarette girl, which he's a, he's a smooth operator, this one. Ryan Reynolds from, you know, Just Friends is looking at him going, I need to write down these moves. This is working. <laughs> so Sade's so so like, I'm, I'm going to write a song about this yeah. guy. He's a hell of an operator. I think he's a smooth operator. <laughs> so it's the kind of club you know looks like fun they have the tables people are eating people it are looks dancing nice. it's a really people are dressed I would go out to dinner at this they club are, I, I would, why aren't there places like this if there were places like this I would go out there yeah. was there was that jazz club we used to go and to we used and to go it was there. wonderful there's a small jazz club in town center you know about that Mm-mm. it was oh. right where the Tupelo Honey Cafe is mm-hmm. but before place. the Tupelo Honey Cafe it was a jazz club and a cigar bar mm-hmm. wow yeah, you went in there and they played jazz music and there was tables. They were not all dancing, but it was really it was a good time. Huh. You had to call ahead and make like reservations to get in there. It, was it wasn't really very big. good. And when you got in there, you had, it was a two drink minimum. It's that kind of joint. And yeah. the drinks it were expensive, but it was totally but worth to, it. But the tickets for the show was five bucks a person. So it was five bucks to get you a table. Well, ten bucks when you bring your wife. <laughs> you know, it was a table for us. So you spent twenty bucks. Nice. And it was a good time. And you get your drinks. You have a good time. I really missed that place. Hmm. That that place was actually around when this movie was around because we went there with the same people that we went to go see this movie with. That's true. Those who shall not be named, I guess Elaine wants to call them. You went with Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't talk about my oh, okay, past. Okay, okay. Fair enough. All right. But anyway, so Jerry finds his friend Jack, who's a gangster for uh, Jack Dragnet. They're both named Jack. Don't get confused by the Jacks, okay? Mm-hmm. And they talk about how Jerry's been on a losing streak and what? He hasn't had a winner in six weeks. And said five. Five. He goes, we'll I have a warrant for your arrest. He goes, what's it for? Usury. The fuck is usury? <laughs> Loan sharking, you dumbass. He's like, do you want me to get it out of my pocket and I'll read it to you? I was like, no, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> these are uh, the guy who had gotten away earlier was this guy. Mm-hmm. So, it's his buddy. And yeah. they're friends. They've known each other They're friends. So, you know, Jack feeds him stuff and he doesn't bring him to jail, which is a nice way to work things out, I guess. I don't know. And he it comes in handy. He says that Cohen's He's on the warpath. He's worth war more out there than he is in jail. I, yeah. And they're they're really friends. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, and he tells him that Cohen's on the warpath, and Jerry says, "Looks like he's only give me some warpath." <coughs> hey, oh, another great line! Another great line! 
All right, so he's got a lady friends. Got a lady who's friend. the tomato? We didn't get there yet. So we got a who's people sitting at the table, and we see that it's uh, judges and lawyers, the police, um, the sheriff of Los Angeles, the chief of police in Burbank, but not L.A. Mm-mm, no, no, nay, nay. And we get to a young lady. Jerry wants to know who the tomato is. Now let me ask you, Carl. Would you mind if some fellow referred you as a tomato? I would. I would be confused. <laughs> well, I think he calls her tomato because she's a redhead, right? Um, I guess. I think so. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> and she's ripe. I guess I don't know. But, Why you gotta make and, it gross? And he wasn't sure if she was a fruit or a vegetable. <laughs> she didn't read a lot. <laughs> you want to chop her up and put her in a sauce? No. <laughs> anyway, oh, her name is Grace Faraday. Um, she's Mickey's etiquette coach. He wants to be all sophisticated and shit. So Jerry says he hasn't been sedi- uh, sophisticated in weeks. <laughs> and suddenly, I don't think getting girls is his biggest problem in his life. Because look at him. He's a good-looking, uh, suave guy. I mean, he's no Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> but, you know. He's a handsome fella. All right, so Grace, excuse Dude, me. if the two of them went out bar hopping... <laughs> <laughs> Carly no. wants to go to the bar. No normal man would stand a chance. No, none. <laughs> no, a normal man. I've would... never even seen the Notebook. <laughs> Let me tell you what a smart man would do. A smart man would follow those two around because all the girls are gonna be flocking to them. They're gonna pick two. You find the one girl who no one's giving any attention to. That's the girl you go that's talk what, to. Boom. That's what uh, I heard in an interview. Artie Lang. The comedian, the big mm-hmm. fat comedian, he used to do that with John Stamos. Whenever John Stamos <laughs> was single, he goes, "I completely hung out with him because there was always girls that he could like hook up with that were not getting John Stamos, mm-hmm. so they settled for him." And I was like, "Wow, that's pretty funny." I'm sorry, that's if I was go. going for John Stamos, I would not be going home with Artie. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it would be Stamos or nothing. <laughs> Stamos or bust. <laughs> Stamos or a photograph of Stamos. It would not be Artie Lang. What if I hold up a photograph of Stamos over my face the whole time? But I don't want Stamos, honey. I want you. Well, okay. Well, he does. Although Stamos is a good-looking man. He's Even like, today, he's, he's now. aging really well. He's a good-looking Uncle Jesse. Yummy. My the whole Rippers. life, he's been a good-looking. Man. I know. Oh, John Stamos has never not been good-looking. Speaking of John Stamos, one John Stamos story. You know Bob Saget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cuddling Bob- video. Are you about to tell us about that? No. Uh, Stamos, he says, you know, he hangs out with Stamos, and he and John Stamos went to a bathroom one time, and he went right into full, full house mode. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, Jesse, the twins are being bad. I, you know, the ratings are down on Wake Up San Francisco. And then Stamos goes right into, I know, man, the Rippers don't want to rehearse. And he goes, and there's this guy at the urinal, like, losing his fucking mind. I'm like, holy shit, this shit is real. I'm like, what doesn't happen to me? I would have loved that. Nice. Yeah, Bob Saget apparently is hilarious when you... Get him in the right circumstances. I love his, uh, his comedy. He's nothing like Danny yeah. Tanner, but he had that song about. Um, He's pretty filthy. Yes. And sometimes I'm in the mood for filthy, and sometimes I'm like, I can't today. Mm-hmm. I can't. Tony sent me a link to a video of John Stamos teaching men how to cuddle, and the lady in the video is is Bob Saget. <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty hilarious. It's funny or die, I think, has it. What's funny is that those guys had that show all those years. They're still like besties. They hang mm-hmm. out all the time. They don't talk to Dave Coulier though. Well, because Dave Coulier's not uh, an ins- he's not a cursing kind of comic, and Bob Saget's the opposite of that. <laughs> mm. And he hangs out with Stamos, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Stamos is rad. He hangs out with the Beach Boys. Not <laughs> not really anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this. Movie. So let's get back to you know. All right, so 
Where were we? <laughs> All right. So um, at that point, the tomato. The tomato. The tomato <laughs> tells Mickey, "Hey, she's gonna go to the bar," and Jerry's just staring at her. And Jack tells him, "No, no. The penalty for poaching the king's deer in this state is still a permanent vacation in a pine box." It's a great line. <laughs> And Jerry comes up with an even better line. Well, you got to die something. <laughs> Which is the second best line I've ever heard of about, you know, fuck it, I'm going to go get with this girl anyway. The best one was in a movie called Bugsy. Oh, cool. Where, um, so, Bugsy played by Warren Beatty. Was mm-hmm. being warned by it's his... It's a really good movie. By, warned by his friend when he was going to go hit on Virginia Hill. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, no dame is worth a bullet between the eyes. Bugsy stands up and goes... Well, that depends on which woman and whose eyes. <laughs> and goes and talks to her. That's the best one. Anyway, maybe we'll get to that movie at some point. I do like me some Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty's great, which would have been great for this because it's what? a prequel to this movie. I can pick a Warren Beatty movie. <laughs> Dick Tracy. Yeah. Without Pacino. Honestly, Pacino's. depending on how old it is, it just qualifies because people haven't heard of it nowadays. I think I, maybe I should have done Bugsy and then this because they go together, but we'll get to we'll get to Bugsy another day. All right, anyway. So Jerry walks up, and he's got a Zippo, lights a cigarette. Heard out missing a beat, says, I bet you got a ducky story to go on with that lighter. And he says, yeah, I got, I got stories. He orders a Dirty Shirley, which I think Elaine would like, because it's got grenadine in it. I think Tony would like, because it has I vodka li- in it. I like a Shirley Temple. Mm-hmm. Maybe next you know, holiday party, bring the Dirty Shirley's out. I also used to like Rob Roy's. Ooh, a Rob Roy. That's an old person drink. <laughs> well, my mom used to love it. And an old fashioned. I like old fashions. That's an old person well, drink. Shirley Temples and Rob Roy's. My when we used to be kids, we would order those at restaurants because you felt fancy because it was a named drink, but it was not anything really special. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry tells her a quick story about how you know his plane went down and he was sitting on the wing and his legs were bumping into sharks. You weak in the knees yet? <laughs> And they have a little back and forth, and uh, he says, uh, his racket is, he, you know, he likes to play games. What kind of games do you like to play? Well, uh, I like to play post office. Post she office. She says, post office, that's a children's game. And this, this is lifted word from word from a Three Stooges skit called, skit called The Three Little Pigs. And Curly did this, uh, and there's, in this little skit, there's a young Lucille Ball mm-hmm. and Platinum Blonde. So, mm. <laughs> Anyway. So she goes back, back off. She's like, so what's your racket? Is it my racket? My racket is that I'm a Bible salesman. <laughs> she says, so I guess you want to get me away from all of this, you know, bad night. <laughs> He's like, no, man. No, no I man. just want to take you to bed. <laughs> so what do you think, ladies? Is this a good pickup line? Is this working for you? I mean, if you look like Ryan Gosling, of course. Looking like that wouldn't hurt. I think the banter is what works. Mm. It's not so necessarily doesn't matter what you really anybody say. Anybody would yeah. walk up to you and say this and it would work. But it's just the banter. Back well, not as the first line, but as the seventh line. <laughs> and he's very good looking. There's different rules for good looking people. He is good looking. But, yeah, I think it's the chemistry that they clearly have right from off the bat really helps him. Anyway, we cut to the police chief who's being questioned. And the uh, reporter's giving him a hard time and... The chief pushes the reporter down. Literally just pushes this fucker over. Can you imagine that shit today? Mm, no. They would that reporter would lose his mind and sue their shit out of The reporter asks about the dude who got killed in the beginning. Yeah, Russo. hmm And he's he says like, um, why don't I send you or he went to a farm or no, it was who's no, no, that, no, says like, that, no, we'll that later. Okay. We'll get to that later. But, but the reporter's like, What happened to the dude? He's like He goes, Fuck off and pushes him out. To be fair, he wasn't his way. He did jump right in front of him, but Anyway, so the chief wants to know who busted up uh, Mickey's place, and they learn it was O'Mary. He goes, one man did all that? 
All right, so. Nick Nolte's head. Is it getting bigger every year? <laughs> it's not getting smaller. <laughs> it's gigantic. Anyway, so we cut to O'Mara, who's sitting at his desk reading a paper. He's greeted by the chief's driver, who, fun fact, in real life, that character became chief of police. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? Mm. I got a million That was an actual that. fun fact. That was an actual fun fact. Good. As opposed to no your dead guy. No one was killed in the making of that fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, and, you know, it's like, hey, uh, the chief wants to see you, so he's like, ah, shit. <laughs> and he's on his way. There's, so he comes to the chief's office, and there's an interesting thing here about how the chief's saying that they won this land from the savage Indians and the Mexican bandits. <laughs> they won this land. So pretty much it's like, there's a war. We took this place over, and now it's ours. And now someone's trying to take it from us. We can't let that happen. Mickey Cohen. Mm-hmm. A real dirtbag, if you will. Real slime, but not like class acts like we have in this place. Yes. <laughs> So he rattles off Omera's accomplishments, you know, two purple hearts. This is Silver Stars. You trained at Camp X. Green Camp Flavors. X. Never heard of it. Yeah. But you are trained in guerrilla warfare. He's got the gravelliest voice yeah. I've ever heard in my life. I think Leads as his head believe. gets bigger, his voice gets gravelier. <laughs> you need to go watch uh, 48 Hours if again because it was just as gravelly. I'm sorry. You take um, Point Break Nick Nolte. And this Point Break Nick Nolte. Go back and check that again because that was Gary Busey. That was Gary Busey. Sorry. He's dead. Like that that Gary Busey died. There's this new Gary Busey that took his place. No, but our 48 hours Nick Nolte and this Nick Nolte, their heads are not the same size. And their voices are not the same level of gravel. Well, not the same man he was in his Incredible Hulk. He was nuts in that. Anyway. Or whatever that was called. So, Chief Parker tells him he can recruit whoever he wants, but it's off the books. You want me to kill him? No. I want you to break him. I want you to drive that bastard and his organization out of the city. That's a good. That's a good point, though, because if yeah. you just kill him, somebody so, else is just. His number two will. Here's another. Then Wade will just take over. Here's another fun fact: the gangster squad, the actual gangster squad. What they would do is, when new gangsters came into town, they would kidnap them and beat the shit out of them and threaten them to, if you don't leave, we're gonna kill you. That works. So that's what they were doing. Can you imagine that shit now? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to O'Mara, and he's at the table, and he's looking over uh, some guys from work. new outfit. Would it work? Yeah, it would, it would get me the fuck out of wherever we're living. I just wonder who's doing their normal caseworks and who's paying them. Well, they don't have any more casework. They moved to this new unit, so anything they were working on. So they work under Nolte now. Yeah, they're and probably working directly. Yeah, they're still in the okay. department payroll, but oh, okay. I thought they just took like. Well, they're leave just or doing something. like they got put on a special mission. Nobody knows like anything about. They don't okay. ever cover the logistics, but the logistics would be that the department starts to would still pay them and pay for they're all just of their assigned stuff. To a task yeah. I mean, it's not course, important but, for the yeah. movie. I just was curious. Someone's got to pay for it. Yeah. And so his wife's like, uh, what are you doing? Oh, I got a new outfit. I got a couple guys, uh, you know, special guys. She's like, what kind of outfit? She's looking at the things. She's looking through the confidential files. <laughs> she gets a little upset after the last conversation goes in the kitchen and breaks a plate. Yeah. Because he's he tells her he's going to take out Cohen. And she's like, motherfucker. <laughs> we mm. talked about this. And his response every time she gets mad, Connie. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look, I cannot let this man take over. Not when we are raising a family here. And uh, this is how he gets her. He goes, I need your help. I need you. And it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly she picks a good team. Yeah, because she's looking at all the guys he picked. And she's like, no. Nope. Well, we're going to get to that. 
We're going to get to that. All right. You're right. That's the next <clears> morning. <throat> uh, so we're cut to the next morning, and we see Jerry was able to... C- Jerry was able to pull Mickey Cullen's girl out of a club with him there. I don't think that they left together. Uh-huh. He s- still spent the night with his girlfriend. I know, so. but... Well, then. Anyway. So they have some little cute pillow talk. Oh. Where have you been all my life? Drinking. Drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Here's my, my question about these two. Do you ever think they get up and go, Jesus, I got to go, go to work today and kiss Ryan Gosling again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They've been in a lot of movies together, but there doesn't seem to be anything that says they're dating. So no. I wonder if... And they obviously have good chemistry, so I wonder if they have one of those like brother-sister kind of relationships. Maybe. Like a... Lannister brother sister relationship. <laughs> Clearly. No, no. Well, because like, they're they're making out a lot. Oh, it's like a normal brother. Really, was the last you made out with your brother? Never, but <laughs> that's not the point. Because these two kiss From each other. From what I understand, <laughs> doing scenes like that in a movie not sexy You're, at all. Yeah, no, no, there's, like, there's like a hundred people in the room with you. Yeah. <laughs> there's so, nothing sexy. Usually, about his it. wife is standing by. <laughs> and it's their job, so yeah. maybe they do have a more brother sister relationship, Probably. and they just have to do that for work. But they clearly have great chemistry. Yeah, it, it works, which is why I keep putting them together in movies. So, anyway. So now we cut to where. What's Connie doing there, Carly? She's looking through all his papers, looking yeah, at all go. the guys he's picked, and she says none of these guys work. These are the first guys that they're gonna buy off. Because he's, you know, some lieutenant. This guy made detective at uh, four thirty. Yeah. If I was calling, he's because these are the really, off. really good cops that are gonna go high in the department. So what kind of people does she want? She wants the misfits. Bums like him. <laughs> <laughs> the bums like me. All right, and who would you pick first? Ryan Gosling, you're right. I'm glad you all participated. Thank you. <laughs> Felt like that teacher in high school. And two plus two is four. That's right, class. No one wants to participate. Come there's, on. There's no wrong answers here. Well, that was Just yell them out when you know them. All right, so. So we're at the bar with Jerry. And what is he doing? He's at the booby show. And there's tassels a-waving. And he's at the bar and he's shaking it like a Polaroid picture. Is it a booby show if there are no nipples? Or is it burlesque? Or is it cosplay? forget which cosplay wasn't really a thing oh, in 1949 no, they, <laughs> any, that you any know time of. tony can put out his cosplay people who are actual strippers <laughs> are not <laughs> as long as they weren't furries anyway oh i like furries because they do what's referred to as blinking okay uh, i <laughs> whatever uh so anyway Moving there's on. a lady doing some dances yeah and it's good dancing, quality dancing. And Omara tells Jerry that hey, he's, he's recruiting for a new unit. Who are they going after? Shows him a newspaper. Says Cohen. He's like, Psh. Sarge, you're grabbing a bucket here. When the whole, uh, I mean, the whole town's in the water. You're grabbing a bucket. When she be grabbing a bathing suit. Omara tells him, Psh. here, drink up. Jerry's like, got a good line here. He goes, well, since that sounded like an order to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, we have the sheriff of Central Ave, Coleman Harris. And he's, he's in a club, which I guess you do, and he sees somebody trying to pass some medicine, if you will. A little heron. Chasing that dragon, if you will. Mm. So he pulls out his pick sticker and he throws it in his fucking hand. Tells him, don't wiggle it. Pull it out straight. Now, <laughs> there seems to be something wrong with calling it a pig sticker when it's carried by a cop. Yep. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway. That really bothered me. So O'Mara gets up to him and he says, uh, go buy you a drink. He goes, well, since I'm on duty, you should buy me too. <laughs> and they talk a little bit. He's the only law they have down there. He says, how'd you like to plug it up at the source? None of this heroin business going after Cohen. He's like, I'm in. 
Because his niece died. His niece died. Next we have Max Kennard. Omaris Payton. And his wife comes in with a comic book, or a pulp, I believe they called them. Mm. And it's got uh, Max Kennard on the cover. Wildest gun in the West or some shit. He's like, what? He <laughs> <laughs> just pull a guy out of a magazine. Why not, Sarge? She calls her wife Sarge. I mean, she calls her husband Sarge. Weird. I think she was just giving him a mm. hard time. Mm. She says, there's going to be gunplay, and I want him out there shooting. It's like, all right. So he goes, and Amara meets <laughs> with uh, with Kennard and Navidad, Navidad Ramirez. Ramirez. Navidad. It's Robert Patrick from Terminator and... Um, Michael Pena. Michael Pena yeah, from, from, from Ant-Man. Ant Ant-Man, Elaine's favorite Ant-Man character. <laughs> and he was like, oh, a dog. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, oh. <laughs> He's not my favorite Ant-Man character. But, he's but I do love the crew of criminals in both Ant-Man movies. <laughs> They're fantastic. We still haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. Get oh. the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was harsh. So good. <laughs> I feel like I want to end the podcast right there. Wow. <laughs> I'm, sending like home with you. <laughs> I'm sending it home with you. You really need to watch it. It's so good. Anyway, so. I'm down with that. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking threw me here. Anyway, so Kennard's told they're going after. Navidad. Yeah, um, Navidad sent away, and Kennard is told about the whole thing, and he goes, "I need a gun hand." And he knocks over a bottle, and Kennard grabs it, and pulls his gun, and points it at Omer, and says, "Well, I happen to have one." Hmm. Robert Patrick is killing it in this movie, and well, killing yeah. the gangsters. The entire ensemble it. is just great in this. And so good. Finally, we got Cornwell Keeler. Who's recruited because he was? They will need brains to brown, uh, balance out the brawn. The best wire man in the department. And we get to his house, and he's fixing his kid's bike as Omara walks up, and he's like, uh, "Cornwell Keeler or Cornwell Keeler?" And he's like, "Can I help you with something, fella?" Like he gets all tough on him. I'm like, "Good for you." <laughs> so then we go from I guess midday to now they're talking about it, and they're outside drinking coffee. The V2 rockets coming over, which we all know the V2 rocket was German. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we recruited. These scientists after World War II and Operation Paperclip. Carl, you know about this. It's going to be sure. faster than the B-12. <laughs> yeah. You know about the V-2? V-2. You know what the V-2 is? Oh, don't worry about that, but this one's faster. Anyway, he's in as well because he wants to do this for his kid. Because none of the well, other guys Mara have family. has second thoughts because he's the only one with the family. But it's like, look, if something isn't done, then my kids are going to grow up into mm-hmm. this crime world. Yep. And I don't want to be able. I don't want to tell them I didn't even try to stop it. That's right. And this is where we cut to the the scene that Carly's talking about earlier, where the reporters were asking Mickey Cohen. Mm-hmm. Mickey Cohen was um, one of these guys who liked to be on the cover of the newspapers, things like that. He wasn't one of his name out in the limelight, mm. so it wasn't common for him to give interviews, things like that. This crazy motherfucker did an interview. I think it was the late sixties or seventies. Fucking worldwide news said, and I quote, I've never killed anybody who didn't deserve to be killed. <laughs> well, at least there's that. <laughs> but he basically tells the reporter, I killed him. Yeah, he says, what happened to Tommy Russo? Oh, I sent him up north to uh, do it for fun. Yeah. Do all the other Chicago gangsters. <laughs> Maybe I uh, arrange a, you go meet him up there. I don't and know her, what accent you're doing, but that is not <laughs> the correct one. That wasn't it? We're back to John's bad accent. I don't know who, I don't know what kind of impersonation that was, but it was not Sean Penn. It was not Mickey Cohen. How do you know? You don't know Mickey Cohen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Maybe there was a spot on Mickey Cohen, but that was a terrible Sean Penn. <laughs> World you lives in the sugar coated topping. <laughs> go back to Blade. Go back to Blade. Burn the Blade. All right, so anyway, so we cut when back. When in doubt, always go back to Blade. Always. If it was revert to Hank, Hank Williams Jr., anyway. <laughs> All right, so. I don't know. We're you're inside. 
um, he comes and he's having a meeting. Mickey's having a meeting with Jack Dragnet. So Grace goes to the bar, and Jack Dragnet sits down and he. She says, "I'm gonna bend my elbow while you bend your ears." Fucking great line. Should have wrote that down. I didn't write that down. Anyway, so Mickey and Jack talk about Tommy Russo. He sat with you in good faith. He's like Chicago. He's not here. This is the wild fucking west. How was that? Better? It was better. <laughs> I did. I really like this conversation, though, where he's like, I've seen a million guys like you. You're nothing special. You think yeah. you're something special, but you're just another he's gangster. He's Gideon from the Crow. He was the pawn shop guy. He's really good in this. He is Gideon from the Crow. Anyway. But this scene here, it seems they're putting out like Mickey's breaking away from Jack Dragna. Like he used to work for Jack, but it was really the other way around. When Bugsy Siegel died, he left everything to Mickey Cohen. Which there was a little rift there because I'm getting off topic. Anyway, so these two part like the Red Sea. Because L.A. is his manifest fucking destiny. He wants more. More. And he has a great line, too. Um, he says, uh, you are not. You think you're something special and you're something new. But you're not. There's a whole Mojave full of guys like you or something like that. It's really good. A really good scene. Yeah, it is. All right, so we cut to uh, the Gangster Squad's meeting. There's no glory in this outfit, and we have one rule. Leave these at home. Pulls out his badge. We're going to war. And they're up there by Navi Daddy. So that sounds good to me. And Giovanni Rabisi's having a hard time getting his gun out. And I'm wondering if that was a character or him <laughs> that was having a hard time getting his gun out. And then he pulls it out, and he's pointing at him. And he's like, who the fuck is this guy? I will say, the thing that bothered me the most about the Gangster Squad is they have all these conversations about what they're doing in public. Like, almost every time we see them, they're at a bar, or they're on the street, or they're, they're, they're never private. Well, let me ask you a question. The last time you went out to dinner, how much did you pay to the, peop- to the conversations happening around you? How much attention? 97%. Like, a, I mean, you don't pay attention to what's happening around you. You're focusing on the people you're with. The best place to have a private conversation is right in the middle of a public place. Nobody pays attention to That's anybody true. else. I don't know. When they're celebrating at that bar, they're being loud. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, then but there's really no one else in the bar, so. But we'll get to that. So anyway, Navidad wants to join the, the squad, and they're like, well, what makes you think you're good enough? And he goes, I got the drop on you guys. It's a good audition. <laughs> and Kenner tells him, O'Mara, Push comes to shove, will stand behind his gun. And that's all you need right there is Kenner's, you know. That's boom. your miss, cowboy. Do you think Kenner's his real dad? <laughs> he might be. He does call him his boy later. I know. All right. So when do we start? Tonight. Going across the river to Burbank. You know another good movie that took place in Burbank? I always knew I'd die in Burbank. Anybody? Tell no. Me. You know? uh, Harley Davidson, the Marble Man? Harley Davidson, the oh, Marble okay. Man! <laughs> Turn Burbank so, into a goddamn international airport. So Burbank's always had a problem with drugs then. And their gas is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we cut to Burbank. And this was a real wow, thing. that's an actually on-topic Harley Davidson and the Marble Man. That's it never happens. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get one in that's right. <laughs> so this was a real place. They actually had a, an off-the-books illegal casino close to the movie studios where guys would go in costume if they had a break and they would just go in costume and gamble and then go back to the set. Wow. I was excited to find that out. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Because everybody in this scene here, they're dressed up and there's a bunch of Indians, well, Native Americans, I think, yeah. at the time. So. Yeah, they um, make some kind of joke about like you get firewater you know firewater stuff but it's because they had white guys dressed like indians back then in these movies all right so their idea was they're going to break in the place take burn the money break everything up it'll be out in 10 minutes 
no big deal. So they, they bust in, and they're shooting, and they're throwing guys down, and they're like, look at those guys. They're dressed like cops. Those aren't dressed up. Those are real cops because those guys, they break leather too, and they're pointing at them, and they have what's called a Mexican standoff. <laughs> And they and, go, and they abort, go, abort! And they're like, we better leave. I don't want to shoot cops. And they break out of here and they're running. And Giovanni Ribisi's got a great line. That was a really stupid idea. <laughs> but the cops start shooting at him while they try yeah. to run away. So they, like, you see them shooting, but they're not shooting at the cops. And I do believe yeah. it was intentional. They're like shooting up. Yeah, or at so, the ground. Yeah. So they can hear that shots are coming yeah. back at them. So they would probably start running. But So they get in the car. And wouldn't you know it. <clears throat> it won't stop. One of the cars breaks down. That shit's amazing. So Amara and, and Coleman get out and they have to push. <laughs> and Coleman's like, take your foot off the brake! <laughs> and he gets the car going and Amara says, just go! And pushes him and the cops around him and they have their hands up. And we cut to Amara and Coleman being interrogated by, looks like, I guess it was the chief of the Burbank Police Department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About, hey, are you Jack Dragnus guys? Yada, 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 bada, beep, bada, boop, bada, bop. Don't you know nobody touches Cohen's property? Mm-hmm. And I'm... This scene impresses me because it could have been a lot more racist, considering mm. the time period and, and that Coleman was black, and it wasn't. True that. Which I like. It's well, he does call him it, boy. He does, but it's a, it's just a little racist. But it's not. A, yeah, he could have been way worse. And, a lot and of I other like movies that. Would have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just because it felt more. So what you're saying is it was just the right amount of racism? No. <laughs> I don't but know what you're going at here. A lot of times when they go really racist, mm-hmm. which fits the time period, it's very jarring in a movie. Yeah. But because this is just sl- it's just enough to show the time period, but not enough to be way overt. Mm-hmm. One, I like it as a directorial choice, and two, it makes the other violence and stuff seem more real because it's more towards our time period standards right. rather than that time well, period standards. It just I don't know. A lot I'm, of this time period, people were a lot more tribal. Yeah. By tribal, I mean like the Jewish people handled the Jewish people and the Greeks were the Greeks. And, you know, everybody was, there wasn't a whole lot of segregation, even among like the Irish and the Italians didn't hang out too much, things like that. That's why big cities all have Little Italy and Mm -hmm. Greek Town and stuff like that. People were very segregated. And so it it is what I don't know. I just, I liked it because it walks that line, because these movies that are set in the past but made today walk this line of being true to the time period and of today's sensibilities. And this scene is one of those ones that just fits so perfectly. Another thing I like about this movie, time period speaking of, is everybody's smoking. Yeah. Because back then everybody mm-hmm. smoked. And now when they make those movies, the uh, anti-smoking people are like, well, they don't put smoking in the movies. Like, well, they, it will have been in smoking. Yeah. Or they'll make only the bad guys smoke, but not the good guys. Right. Yeah. In this movie, everybody smokes because it was 1949 and everybody smoked. So mm-hmm. I enjoy that about it. All right. So we cut to Jerry, who's walking down the street with a little pep in his step because, you know, he got a little uh, tomato, if you will. He had a little tomato. <laughs> what, what did he say? He hasn't gotten uh, etiquette or sophisticated. sophisticated. He's got some sophistication. He's got, he's got a little sophistication in him. <laughs> and he's... Dancing, and there's Pete, and he's like, "Come on, these your shoes look like they took like a thousand steps, something like that." He goes, "I'll make your shoes shine like the moon, Jerry, like the moon." Like, he's a hell of a salesman. So, All right, and he's shining his shoes, and he warns Jerry that um, you heard Mickey's going after Dragnet, and <laughs> Jerry totally dismissive, is like, "No, you should be worried about it. Is getting your hand up a girl's skirt." <laughs> like, why? Why do you know stuff like this? You shouldn't be involved in this. Because he's a shoeshine. Because mm-hmm. yeah. people, people talk like he's not even there. Yeah, he he hears everything. Yeah. Anyway, so, and we see Dragnet pull up. And then we see some of Mickey's um, button men, if you will. 
squad. Yeah, the and button, he's they, they he's the getting a shoe shine, and you, you see him looking back and forth, he's back like, and forth. He's like, oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> it's like, go home. Go home. Now he's like, I'm not done. Go home. And these guys come out with their Tommy guns, and they're spending a fortune. <laughs> and I was like, are they going to have Tommy guns? Are they going to have Tommy guns? And they did. Tony was so glad they had Tommy guns. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons that Ryan Gosling took this movie is so we could shoot a Tommy gun and act with Sean Penn. Nice. He didn't have any scenes with Sean Penn. Both valid uh, reasons. <laughs> That sucks. He did get to shoot a Tommy gun, though. He did get to shoot a Tommy gun. So, and so they're spending a fortune, and they don't hit. If they were shooting for shit, they wouldn't get a whiff. Because Jack Dragnet and his wife are both fine, but Pete gets takes one. And Jerry watches Pete fall, and runs over, and the kid dies in his arms, and he loses his shit. He he breaks leather, and he shoots a guy, and he's shooting some other guys. And he walks over to the guy who's breathing, and he's like, he pulls up his shotgun, and he goes, "You can't shoot me, cop. You got to take me." And he goes. Click, click. Not one, anymore. One Boom. Hand, one hand pumps it. One hand shoots it. It was so good. But as soon as he was like, oh, shit, and we saw him send the kid home, I said, that kid's going to die, and he's going to join the team. Yep. And Tony's like, I don't know. And then. Bam. Good Why call. else would Ryan Gosling get in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. I had to go to the bathroom, and John goes, you're going to miss it. And I says, what, when Ryan Gosling finds his balls? Oh. <laughs> and she walked out of the room. I was like, I guess so. Damn. Anyway, so. I made it back in time. <laughs> so the murder's rage is in Jerry. Mm-hmm. And he walks into slaps slapsy maxis with blood on him, and he's about to. He pulls his gun out. And he's gonna shoot Mickey Cone because he knows what happened here. Just that Jack grabs him, puts him in the bathroom, and he's like, "What are you doing? You can't kill Mickey Cohen in this place." Da-da-da-da-da. You're gonna get killed. Yeah. Then he tells him, "Hey, I heard a couple guys knocked over Mickey's casino, and it wasn't Jack's guys. I know that for a fact because he's one of Jack's guys." Yeah. And what you do is you tell the gangster. O'Mara, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> you got caught. So anyway. So we cut to O'Mara and Coleman in the cell. And O'Mara's he's putting he's doing his camp back shit. He takes his handcuffs off, he's getting ready to break in. But just then you hear Kennard outside. The hell you doing? This here's a jailbreak. Tony's <laughs> <laughs> so like that's not gonna work. He goes, Dumbass, you're the one who got pinched, and I'm the dumbass. <laughs> so they do the old chain to the bar to the bars yeah. and hooked it to the back of a Studebaker, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Oh God, to the bumper. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, Andy Griffith's coming. <laughs> Just then Jerry shows up and tells the officers to get up their fat asses and get their prisoners. He pretends like now he's guess like what? Cohen's goons. Here, pick him up. Some amazing shit happens in this next scene. Because just then, Cohen's real guys show up at the exact same time. They're, who, they're here to pick up some garbage. Two, two bags. bags. Just as Kenner Kenner's yells, outside, yells, go ahead, Elaine. Floor it, Navidad. <laughs> and the bumper flies off the Studebaker. And he goes... That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank God. And I was like dying. It's yeah. so funny. Uh-huh. Oh. So Keeler also oh. cuts the power now. Boom. All of this shit's Lights going out. on. And he says, those guys are bullshit. And the gunfight breaks out and it's a jailbreak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once you know, the gangster squad in the dark is able to fight their ways free and get out. Yeah. But just before then, Coleman comes back and grabs his knife. And he says, boy, it's a Swahili word. means sir. And he cuts the police chief in the chin. Blows out his candle, runs away. <laughs> Which was a great scene. Ninja. He was pretty cool. He's like, Ninja, vanish. Anyway. I mean, they talk a lot about how pretty much all the guys on his team were in the war. So, them getting out in the dark before mm-hmm. Cohen's guys can get out in the dark, I, I also well, find that more mil- believable. A lot of former military around that time all became police officers because they yeah. were used to it. So. Yeah. 
Another thing, um, Cohen's guys are so feared, they probably don't get in a lot of fights. Right. It's like yeah. they're really, Meanwhile, really big and can't fight. O'Mara <laughs> is getting in fights every goddamn week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every hour. <laughs> it seems like. It's like, so, I really think the chief would have been like, you know what, we can't have you on the department because you're a liability. <laughs> yeah. You're costing us too much in health insurance. They didn't have health insurance. What no, are you talking about? And they get away, and Keeler wants to know, who the hell is this guy? Oh, this is Jerry Woodards. He's with us. And we have a new gangster squatter. Squatter? Squat, squad member? Member. New member to the squad. We'll go with that. New <laughs> member to the squad. Squatty. Squatty. Ooh. <laughs> and we cut to Mickey, who's got a new operation. El Dorado Trust. It's his own wire service. He's going to be the boom, 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 and he's getting really handsy. Every bet in the, in the West Coast is going to come right through here. <laughs> and with enough money, they'll have enough money in there to pay off the syndicate. You know, the, the other people that do the same thing. Well, the commission. Yeah. is Around this time, they had the commission, Al Capone, Lucky Luciano, all those guys, Mylansky. Those were those guys who were running the country. <laughs> so. Got to put in your dollars. Yep, Mickey wasn't stupid. He was going to pay them off as well. Which was good. Which was good. you can make a lot of money through all, through an OTB. Right, because what he's trying to do here is right, is the OTB, which was illegal. He's saying Wu-Tang, right? <laughs> no, no, not the old DB. Oh, oh. OTB, off-track, off-track betting. betting. Oh, there you go. Carl, you know about off-track betting? No. Right. <laughs> so what happens is you go to one of these establishments, and you're like, I'm going to put five bucks on number four horse in the third race. The colonial but you're not at the horse race. You're oh. off the track. Okay. It's really that simple. And, and they would have done other bets too, football games, baseball, things like that. You know, Vegas. I don't bet on things. All of Vegas, <laughs> off track betting. Mm-hmm. I and you're going down to the OTB. When I used to live over in Chesapeake, there was a. OTB? Yeah. yeah. There are some legal OTBs and some illegal OTBs. It right. just it's depends on what they tax type the shit of, out of it. betting they're doing. Like some kinds are legal and some kinds are illegal. I don't know. It's stupid. A lot of it has to do with taxes. They, they pay a lot of money in taxes. But anyway, so. Religious groups. All right, so we cut to uh, Dragnet sleeping in his house, and he's assassinated. <laughs> he should have got the hint last time he was trying to try to shoot him and but left town. If we were attempted, if we were coming out of a restaurant and someone attempted to gun us down in the street, you know where we would not go? Home to bed. <laughs> That's a very good Yeah, you would go somewhere. Barbados. A safe house, into hiding somewhere. Even Cohen goes to a hotel. Do something. <laughs> right. Because there was the, the big... There was or at a least war. have like a bazillion guards at my house. If my husband yeah. wanted to go home and go to bed, I'd be going to my sister Karen's. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a sister named Karen. Your sister's name is Audra. I know, but like for the sake of this... Your mother's name is Karen. I know, but I'm just saying. It's the, first, <laughs> it's the first thing that popped in my head. Okay. Or my sister Marie, because I'm Italian. They were Italian, which was part of the rift. I'm going to Marie's. This would mm-hmm. part of the rift between Mickey and Jack Dragnet was that Jack was Italian and didn't understand how the syndicate, mostly Italian, wanted the Jew in charge. Yeah. He doesn't even believe in Jesus, was the quote. Actually, in the very beginning, you said something about a WAP, and I said, what's a WAP? Yeah. <laughs> it's a derogatory it's term a for Italians. It's a very offensive term yes. that makes John very mad. Tony had to tell me. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> without papers. It means you're in the country illegally, and you yeah. should go back to... It was uh, all Italians or illegal immigrants. Yeah. It's very offensive. Anyway. There's a lot of uh, slurs in this movie. There are a lot. A I lot. probably didn't catch them all, because I don't know very many. Yeah. <laughs> um... It's funny is that um, Coleman keeps calling uh, it's Kenner. It's similar like Kenner calling Hopalong. a Mexican this word. Oh. Would you write? Yell it out for the crowd. I'm not going to say it out loud. It's an but offensive. If you're, 
oh. a term for anyway. A so anyway, we cut back to immigrant. target practice at the gangster squads. Coleman says, "Hop along. You're not gonna break leather." I liked how he called him Hop along. And Nabi Dad's like, "Watch this." <laughs> yeah, he's like. So he, Kenner grabs a can and throws it in the air and just starts shooting it. <laughs> he goes, "Nabi Dad, get up here." He loaded mm-hmm. and he throws it up and Nabi Dad. Doesn't even line up his sights. He just kind of holds up his gun and you shoot him. <laughs> he's he's, he's totally he Harley Davidson the yeah, shit out of it. But no, the best part is when it hits the ground and then he shoots it and he smiles like, fuck it, I got it. Because Kenner tells him, don't shoot where it is. Shoot where it's going to be. And he looks at it. Boom. <laughs> and he smiles like, look at me, Dad. <laughs> I saw a stand-up comedian once in a special that said... Uh, People like to shoot at the clay pigeons. So just wait till they hit the ground. <laughs> They're much easier to shoot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Keeler shows up and informs him that uh, about Dragon. So Dragon was killed. They think that uh, what they did was Dragon, and this, this was revenge for it. He says, "I don't want any more uh, civilian victims." Omar's like, "Tell Mickey Cohen." Yeah. yeah. He's like, it's like there's casualties of war. Hmm. It's like shit happens. It wasn't us. And I wouldn't exactly call Jack Dragnet a civilian. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> he was a gangster on the other squad, so... But he did... the. I think the maid in his house and yeah. other yeah. people died. It wasn't... They you killed every respect, person that was in his house. Gotta they killed the dog. Here. He's still like, look, we're cops. We're supposed to be protecting these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they said, tell Mickey, and he says, I've got to listen to him, and he wants to plant a wire in his house. Well, luckily, they hired this guy because he's the best wire man in, on the department. Mm-hmm. You should probably set a wire. Mm-hmm. So, we cut to them planting the bug, and Jerry and Keeler are in the house. And I, I watched this and went, "Oh my god, why are they doing this?" <laughs> and Jerry's the worst lookout ever because he's the lookout and he's starting. He's picking up pictures and he's looking. He's fucking and, terrible. Never take Jerry. There's guards everywhere. And so they're getting ready to leave, and Jerry sees that Keeler had left his tools, so he grabs the tools and he's walking up. And who's he running into? His lady friend. His lady friend. Tomato. His tomato standing there. So. <laughs> What do you do when you're when you're planting an illegal bug? He goes shh, and then kisses her. <laughs> kisses her and walks out the door. And like I, a stone cold pimp. And I don't know if you noticed. He's a motherfucking pimp. Go back and watch this again and look at Giovanni Ribisi's face because he fucking sounds yeah. like what the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He really does. <laughs> He's like. What what sort of twilight zone did I walk into here? I gotta right. tell you, Giovanni, Keeler would not have left his bag. What the fuck is that? No, he yeah, He's he a would. professional. He wouldn't know. Anyway. They just wanted to give us the opportunity for Jerry yeah. to kiss his lady. I know. So we cut to the Gangster Squad hangout, which is in plain view of Mickey's house. Because Jerry's like, hey, Mickey, you home? Because <laughs> this was a limited range um, wireless communication, yeah. so mm-hmm. that had to be pretty close. Keeler leans over and was like, hey, Romeo, doesn't you want to tell me? He's <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> okay. All right, so they're trying to find out where this new drug shipment's coming in, but he walks out of the room, so Coleman's like, I have a way to find out. And the guy that he threw the knife into early in the movie, he grabs him and starts twisting his hand. He's like, yeah, they'll kill me. He's like, motherfucker, not if you leave town. <laughs> so they find out about that, and guess where it is? Burbank. Motherfucker, we got to go back to Burbank. <laughs> All right. They're going to do it just outside of town, though, because they don't really like them in Burbank. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to that. So, now we have the the ship down, and Jerry, they're driving, they're following. Jerry goes, hey, could we wait till we cross the river? We think we've worn out our welcome with the Burbank Police Department. <laughs> a little bit. Great line. And he's like, nope, we're going to do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
So and the and the the car fight is on. Yeah. And there's some amazing shit that happens in this. This is another. Navi Dodd gets out of the back seat, <laughs> goes in the front seat, and starts driving. And even the guys in the car are like, "What the fuck is he doing?" <laughs> Being awesome. So now the bad it's guys. Christmas bitches. The bad guys have grenades and they're th- lobbing grenades at them. Stick bombs. So now there's a grenade that lands on the windshield of their car, and. They have enough time to shoot. Jerry shoots out the windshield, sticks his hand out, throws it up the back before it explodes. So now... That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) That's not what's amazing. What's amazing is what happens next. So what's next is the same guy grabs a grenade, pulls the pin, the car bumps him, he drops it, boom, it explodes. (laughs) So what we have amazing here is the longest fuse in grenade history followed by the shortest fuse in grenade history. Yeah. That shit is amazing. What I like about the... This, the way the scene is filmed is there's no lights on the roads, <laughs> so it's real dark and it's just like the car headlights and it's just it's really nice. Mm-hmm. I also well really shot. liked when Navidad started driving and he intentionally was kicking up all the dust. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, that was a good move. So bada bing, bada boom, bada pop. They knock the cars over. They pull the gangsters out of the cars and they put them on a hill. When the truck rolls over and all the heroin poofs into the air. Yeah. <laughs> My first thought was, don't go over there and breathe. Yeah. No. You will be high. But we were concerned get... that some of it could have been salvageable. So Tony and I were like, did they burn it? Did they do something? Probably. They probably, probably. did. They don't grenade cover into it. it. <laughs> we, don't, we don't see that. Yeah. Find the box of grenades. I, think, I thought all the grenades exploded when the car exploded. Yeah, that one was probably more. I don't know idea. There could have been more. We don't know. I, I didn't count their grenades. And anyway, the guy's like, Mickey Cohen's going to get you. He goes, that's not your fucking problem anymore. Because you have the wallets. And he goes, then he's like, all right, your names are blah, blah, and blah, blah, too. You were retired. And then fucking O'Mara shoots them both in the leg. And Jerry's standing there like, what the fuck? Yeah. And O'Mara kicks once. And he's like, yeah, fuck him. And he kicks the other. <laughs> <laughs> and Keeler looks at Jerry. And he's Keeler like, what the hell? And Jerry mortified. like shrugs like, whatever. <laughs> he's mortified by like everything they do. Because <laughs> he straight up kills one of them. Yeah. All right, so we cut to Jerry Nomara. There, everybody else seems to leave, and he's like, you know, I like shooting gangsters in the legs as much as the next guy. I guess who depends who the next guy is. <laughs> but I want to like playing hot tomato, hot potato with a grenade. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if we keep coming at him head on like this, we're not gonna last a week. Nomara's eloquent speeches. It worked. Get in the car. <laughs> right. I'm with Jerry though. Yeah. This this is all fine and good once or twice, but we gotta be smarter about mm. this. That casino thing did not work. No. <laughs> and now we cut back to Mickey, who's meeting with the guy who was in charge of the shipment, and the guy's like, "Hey, it happens. You know, the, these these guys came out of nowhere. We don't." You know, and he's, Mickey's like, "Hey, it happens." And he walks past Lockwood and goes, "Hey, you know the drill." And what happens, Elaine? They give him the drill. They sure should. And do. Tony falls out laughing. Oh, he did. <laughs> Really? really? Did. I loved it. He was like the drill. The drill. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's favorite tertiary object? Yes. The drill. Oh. Yeah, so I had two like laugh out loud moments. One was the fucking well that didn't work tearing off the bumper. Yeah. And the other one is coming up. <laughs> so what's good here is that we go right from the drill in the brain and the blood on the window to the barbecue. <laughs> yeah. He's smushing a hamburger. I know. The hamburger smushing it. I was like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> Yeah, the blood splatters on the window, and then the the meat patty slams on the grill. I'm like, wow, that was good good editing there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Jerry comes in the house, and he meets Connie. They have a nice back and forth. What'd you bring? Bear claws? Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Um, you know. He's like, congratulations. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know we're pregnant. He says, well, you know, that guy out there, what kind of guy would 
join a unit like that with a guy in my in my condition. He's like that guy. That guy would. Well, do me a favor. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if he's uh, ever going to choose between his duty and his family, and Jared's like, push him in the right direction, or like shove him in the right direction. <laughs> he says, because to him, there is no such thing as, as uh, what did he say? Fuck. No such thing as abstract ideas. Lo- loyalty and, and honor are as real as me and you, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good line, too. And she tells him, what That's why I picked pick- you. Mm-hmm. And then hands him some potato salad. And she goes, <laughs> He goes, I handpicked all of you, except for the Mexican kid. I don't know where he came from. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's like, I don't know either. <laughs> and small talk back and forth. You know, John's a lucky guy, Connie. Goes outside with the potato salad. Uh, so they're talking back and forth, and Jerry's sitting there. And with O'Mary, he's like, how's your love life? And my favorite part of this scene is Coleman flipping a burger going, you need to get your wife a Cadillac. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice car. And he's, he's talking, talking about to Keeler, his damn like, Cadillac. What do you drive? A Studebaker? You need to get your Cadillac. It's a good car. <laughs> and he just <laughs> And knowing uh, Anthony Mackey after that was anyway, cut that check. Jervis and um yep. mm-hmm. you seen that? What? In Captain America's um Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. every time he's done with the scene he yells cut the check like that's it, you don't need to do anything. Oh, it's like the outtakes. That's fine. Yeah. Alright, so the chief shows up now with his driver and he brings a six pack of Schlitz. What kind of cheap bastard brings a six-pack of Schlitz? <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... Anyway, so the chief has a nice sidebar here with Omara. Tells him about how he's doing a good job. Keep it going. Blah, 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 blah. Now, <clears throat> and we have a, a nice, uh, I guess, montage. Mm-hmm. Cut the Navidad holding a sledgehammer. He's doing the game It feels <laughs> good to be a gangster made me a little nervous. Because <laughs> I swear, he walks by and like... Coleman's kicking a dude, and Jerry's punching a dude, <laughs> and everybody's just hitting a guy, and he's just walking by with a sledgehammer. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they're breaking up all kinds of things. I like how Jerry walks over, and he beats up this guy, and then there's three girls sitting there, and he just, like, gives the hand, like, after you, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just tearing it up. And we have a nice thing where they, they, they stop a car, and the guy's like, you guys are, you're dead, you're dead. And O'Mara hits him with a shotgun. Boom! Yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs> and they throw a, a Mazel Tov cocktail in, in the in the trunk there, with all the if, wires and everything. If, I, if I'm remembering right, I think there's a, in this montage, there's a scene where uh, Brolin is beating the fuck out of somebody. And what's his name? Just waves and just waves somebody. It's Jerry. By. Yeah, it's yeah. Jer- Jerry's keep kicking a guy <laughs> in the car. He's waving by. He's like, driving by like, Nothing to see here. <laughs> it was pretty funny. See, th- that's a great, it's a great montage, if you will. And we have a nice, cool guy to look at explosion scene. But they do. <laughs> well, That's it explodes, I... and then they turn around. Yeah, because I was like, wow, I guess cool guys do look at explosions. <laughs> All right, so we cut to Mickey, who is pissed. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's <laughs> it. Yes, as, so. as one would be as a criminal <laughs> enterprise is collapsing. And we talk, there's a little talk about uh, El Dorado and trust. Mm-hmm. And Keeler's like, El... <laughs> he writes on El Dorado and then says, and trust, and just underlines it in the writing. He briefs the squad about what it is. Reminds like, me of the chalkboard writing from Police Academy. As he says, <laughs> they're on the verge of... It's like, it's an atom bomb. We'll, we won't be able to break it down as fast as it's being built. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Fun fact. There was already a wire set up. Bugsy Siegel did it. Because mm-hmm. Jack Dragnet had the Continental Wire Service. And when Bugsy took over, he made it like a West Coast wire. Mm-hmm. So, they already kind of had it. Mm. But anyway, it's a plot device. So, let's keep on driving. And in the in the movie, they say this is why he killed Tommy Russo because he had the Continental Wire Service. Well, kind of true, hmm. but anyway, he went to listening. Um, so he learns about it, 
but we need to find out where it is. Omera wants Jerry to ask Grace. They step outside. And he's like, look, pal, you talk to my girl. You're going to cross the line here. <laughs> he's and like, you ask her or I will. Yeah. This so is we, something. We need this information. Yeah, he doesn't want to put her in danger, but no. this is, you know, this is what, if he what didn't are we want doing? to put her in danger, he shouldn't be having sex with her on the side. Mm-hmm. True that. Because that puts them both in danger. Well, that's his tomato. No, like that's Mickey. Her, a tomato once, and that's it's all Mickey up. Cohen's tomato. <laughs> it really isn't Jerry's tomato. It is now. Oh, she's flipping around in a few different gardens. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we cut to breakfast at Jerry's house. It's kind of like breakfast at Tiffany's, but not as cool. There is some fancy china. Well, they, I they are. Just... <laughs> and he's like, "Do you have to do that? Do you have to get pretty for him in front of me?" And I wonder, would that you know that probably bother me too? Yeah. <laughs> But you knew when you pursued her that she was his. And it's not like I'm cheating on my boyfriend. It's more like this dude owns me. Mm -hmm. Well, she came out here to be a star, and it didn't work out for her. So now this is she probably she, got picked up at the train station. Just like that chick at the beginning of the no, movie. No, she wasn't hopped up on Mexican dope. No, because she was his... T- <coughs> and he's like, why are you even with him? He's not your type. And she's like, I'm his type. That's what's important. It wasn't up to me. So... Well, yeah. Anyway. So... So what do you want to do? And he's like... Jerry's like, don't go. And she's got a great comeback line. Don't let me. And he just stands there. And he just stands there. But, you know, she, it's not like she can just easily get out of that. She'd have to leave the state. Mm-hmm. All right, so Keeler's working on something, and his son comes up, and he says, your dad's a genius. Go tell your mom that. <laughs> All right, so Keeler is explaining um, how they're going to figure out where El Dorado is because they're going to ping the wire, mm-hmm. which okay. would work. So what I, they do is... Think about it. Well, they send a signal, and as long as it takes for them to bounce and get back, you can determine distance. Mm-hmm. So now you have a distance of where the source is. So what you do is now you have a radius. So what they do is they find the radius of where it could be, and El Dorado has to be within this radius. So they look, and what's on that line? Slapsy maxis. Slapsy maxis. So now we know where it is. So what do we do? It's a raid. <laughs> and I like how the shit ga- is bananas. The whole gangster squad had to like go undercover. They're wearing like tuxes and shit. But Jerry's just hanging out because that's just where he hangs he out. He hangs out there all the time. <laughs> it's like, it wouldn't be anything for him to be there. Yeah, it would be weird for him not to be there. <laughs> they come in. Who are you guys? We're the band. And I love Anthony Mackie in this because he attacks a guy and the guy turns around and like hit and goes to hit him and he goes oh shit and runs and grabs him off a table and hits him with it. <laughs> <laughs> and Omira puts down his violin case. Instead of uh, pulling out a bunch of fucking guns out of his case, he pulls out the biggest fucking walkie-talkie, and he laid about <laughs> fell out of bed. <laughs> That's when you laughed again. I could not handle the size of that walkie-talkie. Zach Morris's phone looked at that walkie-talkie, and was like, whoa. Well, he had that walkie-talkie when they were in Cullen's house. It's just, like, fucking ridiculous. It's bigger than his head. It's bigger than Thanos' head. Damn. He had to talk on one end and then slide it down so he could listen on the other side. Fucking ridiculous. Uh-huh. Wasn't All so right. much a walkie-talkie as a sit-down-and-talkie. <laughs> no, it was literally a walkie-talkie because you had to walk from the receiver. <laughs> so they, they, they get the whole place and they set fire to the money. And they have a good scene here where Omara puts, like, fuel on it. 
And then Jerry Greer, like a, a stack of fives, lights it on, on fire and then throws it in the pile and boom. And this is where they messed up. Yep. Because this is how they're going to find out the cops. So yep. Mickey shows up. You always take the money. And the place is all burned up. I mean, and I that's what John said. <laughs> that's what I said. That's what John said. They're off books. What's financing uh, this outfit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should have been taking all this money so they think it's just a rival gang. Yeah. That is true. At the very least, they could have took it and gave it to Nick Nolte. And they could have done something. Even if it. they took it and burned it somewhere just, else, yeah, yeah, burn it there. Yeah, that's burn true. it back at our secret hideout while we wave at Mickey Cohen. But first, you buy dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. make a couple stops. Yeah, maybe go see Andy Garcia. <laughs> and launder is what you do. I mean, um, which Andy Garcia? Uh, Ocean's uh, Eleven, Andy yes. Garcia, or Untouchables, Andy Garcia? Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, and I'm not fucking with anybody Stone. in the <laughs> Untouchables. That was a good movie. We should do the Untouchables. Like I have questions movie. about that, but, but, we'll fin- but when you're done. not underrated. No, I have a question about that. When we'll do it for finished. the Kevin Costner podcast. Okay. When we're done. Okay, so we cut to uh, the <laughs> squad, and they're celebrating their success. And we have a good line here from Amara. I've run with a lot of outfits. None as good as you bunch of misfits. Oh. And what's funny about this is after Jerry hooks up with um, the tomato, mm-hmm. he's not drink- he doesn't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Every- in every scene where everybody's drinking, what does he have in his hand? Orange soda. Hmm. It's because the kid died. He was kid drunk. died? He's he didn't got listen to him because he was drunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sad. All right, so Shame we cut... somebody that can't drink anymore. <laughs> so we, we cut to Lockwood, who's telling Mickey that, you know, hey, how much money did they take? Well, they didn't take any. What kind of... They're cops. And so we figured out, okay, they're cops. And then Mickey freaks out. He's like, there's there's ears in my house. He That's fucking, amazing. He, he fucking went, Batmans the situation. He goes, okay. Duh, 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 duh. He figures yeah. the whole plot out. And you're like, damn. This shit's well, amazing. It's like, all right, well, we got to run this plot along. But so. if we have a bunch of cops on the take, we know that cops are utilizing wiretaps. But here's the thing. He knows that the one cop stopped his whole hotel earlier but he doesn't go I love that it's you that call it the hotel <laughs> <laughs> it's the no tell hotel that's oh. right but he doesn't immediately go it's that cop <laughs> yeah so they- at no point in the whole montage or any of this did he suspect the cop that shut down the hotel <laughs> But we never see him really trying to find out which cops it is. He yeah. does once he realizes it's cops, he seems to instantly know which fucking cops are on the gangster squad. Because yeah. that shit's amazing. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I, I have no doubt that he could figure it out. They just, you know, we don't have time. He's like, hey, issue... do you have a bunch of cops that aren't around anymore? Yeah, <laughs> you have cops that disappeared six months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I haven't seen Jerry in about six months. <laughs> okay, Jerry, who else? <laughs> But, but so, my so, issue with the ears thing is how come he didn't hear any of that? You mean he didn't hear any of that? Keeler. Keeler probably heard it. Well, well no. It's also no, in his no he doesn't. But he, when he says that there's ears in my house, they're still at the burnt out club. And then he... No, he's at his house because he starts breaking things. Oh, well, but they didn't have a bug in every room. They just had one. They was in the one. They had it in the yeah, TV. So they must have been true. in the other room. But, I mean, you're not going to get everything in, the t- you know, in his bedroom. Oh, Fun fact... I have a, I got a bunch of them for this movie. They actually put a bug in Mickey Cohen's house in his TV, just like in this. Mm-hmm. And every week, uh, they they had a TV repairman who's actually worked there. They got him to go in there and change the batteries on the wire every week. Wow! Because it was a high end TV, they told him it's got to you know we have to do maintenance on it. So every, once a week, somebody's going to come by and make sure everything's working. And Mickey's like, sure. So they went in there every week, changed the batteries. Mm-hmm. Oh man! <laughs> anyway, so um, Mickey finds the bug. Uh-huh. 
And so, and he sets up a, a sting. He's like, yo, if we don't, we have this big shipment in Chinatown. If we don't get it, they're gonna, this is it. We're broken. And Amara loses his shit. He's like, we got him. Is this where the maid gets, uh, what's her name out of the house right, too? Because yeah. he's, before, right before he finds the bug, <clears throat> he's breaking a fuck ton of shit. All the bric-a-brac, if you will. Yeah. And the maid tells... What's her name? Grace. 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 <laughs> Tomato. Grace, Tomato. Grace Tomato. To get out of the house before he runs out of pretty things to to break. And Another she's great like, line. Don't and, come and back. Don't come back. See, and you get the impression like he wouldn't have been beating on her because she was the person who's giving it away. It's just that he's just a terrible human being would beat up his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, no, he would beat her up because <clears> he was breaking the pretty was, things in his house. Yeah, because she was there. Mm-hmm. Alright, so and just then Grace and uh, Jerry meet up and they're having a, a chit chat and two of Mickey's guys show up. And they're about to burn Grace for no reason is explained. But Jerry beats the shit out of this guy. He goes, where is it? Where is it? I, goes, think, Acid? <laughs> I think while they're meeting, um, Cohen realized that she left. And Sent so him. he's like, it was her. She disappeared as soon as I found out about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, so Jerry beats the shit out of this guy. And what, do you, what would you do? Pour it on his nuts. That's right. Well, that's what I said. Like, Don't he rolls up, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, is that fucking acid? Is he going to fucking acid her face? Yeah, it might be holy water. But <laughs> is that acid? And then it's fucking acid. I was like, now oh, was my like, God. Which I feel like there should have been some line about, like, maybe when they were fighting over breakfast that... And he's trying to get her to leave, and she's like, "Well," and she should say, "There should be some small line where, well, I don't want to end up like with Shirley. like Shirley with yeah. half a face, yeah. yeah, or some kind of, or well, maybe when Jack nowhere, <laughs> maybe when Jack is warning him off the tomato, be like, well, the last tomato that got poached ended up with half a face, yeah, yeah. There should have been some kind of line to set up that this was a possible outcome. Could have been, could have been, because we know she's in danger the whole time, and it wouldn't have felt out of place at all." Oh. But it just it that acid kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming at all, and then whoo, there it was. Yeah, holy and shit! And that was the same guy that said, "You guys are going to be are going to end up dead." Mm-hmm. That Omer said, "We hear that a lot." Yeah. So anyway, Jerry pours the the acid on his nuts. Yeah, and we cut to Omer and the and the guys at Chinatown, and they're looking to take this down. So, but it, you know, everything's going great for the bad guys. They said, it "Looks like gasoline." They open up a valve, mm-hmm. and they're getting ready to burn these fuckers up. But just then, Jerry shows up, and he's like, John! And he turns around, and nope. boom! Well, nobody hears him. So he, he shoots keeps into screaming the air. And then he shoots in the air so that he'll have to look. Yeah. And then what's his name? I keep thinking he's, what's his name from uh, Skyfall, but the bad guy with the one eye, mm-hmm. he's like setting everything up. and he, Rockbuck! Yeah, he walks around, but he comes back after them, after the gunshots. But yeah, he saves uh, Rowan. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the, guy, the dad from Ant-Man, but it's not. It's not. Hmm. But just then, Omera has the idea. He's like, oh, shit, Keeler. Because they yeah. figure out that they're, you know, Mickey's on This was a setup. Yeah. And just then, we see Keeler get killed by Lockwood. Yeah. Who's, you know. Who's a wire to the throat, probably. Mm-hmm. And he, as he's, ch- he's, you know, strangling him to death, he gets set on fire. And yeah. he kills Keeler and just takes off his coat. Well, that's like- Robert Paulson. From, <laughs> and, and what's his name from from Justice League or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was in, like, oh, that's right. Death. But yeah, he just catches on fire. He's like, I'm going to finish killing this guy first. Takes off his jacket, puts his hat back, fixes his hat, and he's on. All right, now that this guy's dead, I can stop being on fire. (laughs) (laughs) He's dedicated, that guy. But why didn't it burn down the house? House? I don't know. Because he... 
I thought for a second it was going to be some kind of weird evidence, like, oh, here's the jacket, but no, I didn't. No, there's no mention of the jacket, or hey, there's a burnt-up jacket over there, but whatever. All right, so there's a drive-by shooting at O'Mara's house. Connie's wife is in bed. She wakes up, crawls to the the bathtub, and that's all we see for right now. Yeah. Don't worry, Carla, we'll get back to that. (laughs) I've seen it. (laughs) I did watch the whole movie. Was Officer Sapir there? (laughs) (laughs) No, Tony and I were both like, it looks like she got away. Because right, I me. begged her for dead the second he's, he showed that he had a pregnant wife. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, as soon as we she's saw she dead. was pregnant, I was like, she's going to die. So Jerry had stashed Grace at Jack's house, saying, hey, we got to get her out of town. Mickey's on the warpath, yada, yada. So just as Jack and Grace are leaving, she, he hears Mickey's goons. So Mickey's there with two of his goons. And he's like, you go hide. He's like, you hide here. Take your bag. Go away. And he's like, something I can help you with, Mickey? Because you got your trouble guys with you looking for some trouble? He's like, my dog, Mickey Jr., is going to be more trouble than you're worth. And the two goons come out, and he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, bah, 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 beats up both of the bad guys. Yeah, he fucks him up. He's like, come on, you little guys. The only reference to him being short, the whole movie is right here. Where he mm. calls him little fella or something like that. He goes, my boxing days are done, and fucking shoots him. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Th- this was this was almost as good as Indiana Jones with the guy with the sword. Like, <laughs> yeah. ah, Indiana Jones just fucking shoots him. Because I've been waiting. For, I'm waiting for this boxing to come out. I'm like, oh god, I can't wait for him to fuck somebody up. And he's like, and he wasn't nah, facing me. He was looking away, and he's like, my boxing days are over. Turns, Turns around, around and shoots boom, him. shoots him. He shoots him a bunch, and Grace witnessed the whole thing. He falls in the pool, and Mickey shoots him in the back of the head. Yeah. That's how I want to go. Shot back <laughs> then in the pool because it's it's the most humane death. The whole fucking movie. I want to go in my sleep. Not like, <laughs> you know how I don't want to go? Not screaming like the people in the car. Hey! My balls. <laughs> like, everybody gets you don't hurt. You do nuts. No. All right, so we cut back to Gangster Squad headquarters where Amara and Jerry find Keeler dead. And they um, are pissed. Amara has had enough. It's time to go head on with Cohen. They drive to, they drive to Cohen's, and Jerry tries to stop him. He liked the house. And he gets in front of him and he says, you want to hit somebody, hit me. So he fucking hits, he hits him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we are going, Cohen's not there. Look, there's no water in the fountain. You could drive right up yeah. to the house. The door's, the door's open. open. Everything is gone in the house. Like, they emptied out the house. There's yeah. white, white sheets on the There was a bug. So they found the bug emptied out the house. Makes sense. So Jerry's sitting there and he's, he's all bloody. He starts smoking and America comes out and he goes, you're on your own now, buddy. This is he where I get away. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just then, Omer's driving his car, and he blows a police line because he sees a bunch of cops are at his house. Anybody would. Busts in the door as a cop there, and he throws that motherfucker. <laughs> and he sees his wife in the bathtub, and you see blood. No, you see blood on the hallway floor yeah, into trails. the bathroom. And then you see just the back of her head, and she's in the bathtub. Yeah, I was like, fuck. It's very horrific. But that's yeah, all right. But she and the baby are both fun. Turns out that she, the blood is from giving birth, not yeah. from being well, shot. Good. It's kind of uh, reminiscent to me of the quiet place when his wife has the baby. Yeah, because of the alien. Because mm-hmm. yeah. of the alien. <laughs> I've never seen the quiet place. It looked really good. It's really good. You I, should see it. For some reason, I thought you saw it with us. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. Oh, no. who did we see that with? Was it just us? <laughs> no, it was just us. But yeah. Oh, I like that you love me so much that you imagine I'm there. <laughs> we go to the movies a lot. We do I mean, go to the movies usually a lot. if we go to the movies, you guys are at least invited. <laughs> well, I want to go see Aquaman. You're invited. <laughs> hey, this guy wrote Aquaman, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm in now, yeah. Oh, wait, All we right. don't know if we ate it yet or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, I oh. was there without knowing this. I mean, it's Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that Facebook post where, where everybody's where yeah. it says, Your mom to go to Hey, I'll take you to see Aquaman, and it shows Momoa coming out with the water. It's yeah. pretty hilarious. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, so Omar is at the chief's office, and he says they're calling for his resignation, and the mayor's calling for your head. Mm. 
Amara's got uh, it's gonna jump on the grenade for his his, his men because all of the punishment should lie with me alone. Mm-hmm. They're just following orders. That's right. But he's got another day. So because of Amara leaving, and he's at Keeler's house, and he finds his son is angry. He gives him a hug. Says it's okay. I like this scene because hey, this is what we're I doing. choked yeah. up at this scene. I didn't even expect cover it, it, but you know, someone's got to go tell this yeah. family that hey, your yeah. husband's dead. It was tough. It reminded me of that scene in True Detective season two with uh what's his name vince vaughn vince vaughn yeah yeah it was a good scene <laughs> all right so we cut to omera and his wife uh she's getting put on a train and she's pissed again she's pissed pissed he didn't even get a kiss kiss <laughs> no he didn't <laughs> no he did not like, and, and as she's walking away and he's he just says again Connie, <laughs> and she looks at him, and then just walks and w- away. What the fuck does that mean? Now she's not mad at it anymore because he has to say the magic word. <laughs> Connie, Connie. I thought it was cool because next cause time you're mad, like, I'm gonna, gonna just say? yell Connie. What are you gonna but say? But he didn't have anything to say. He just wanted to see her. I'm willing to bet. Next time Elaine's mad, I'm gonna go Connie, <laughs> and she's gonna start laughing. <laughs> All right, so Mara's alone at his house. Could go fifty-fifty. <laughs> I could have completely forgotten about this movie and Connie at that time because sometimes I don't immediately get a reference. <laughs> yeah. But now Jerry comes to Omara's house and they have a little heart to heart. And you know sitting on the Jerry tells him he's a good man. The he shot might up be a porch. fucking angel. It's a good line. That was cool when they're sitting on the fucking shot up porch. Shot up porch. And just then a taxi pulls up. Before the taxi, Omara has a great line. Go ahead. He says war taught us how to fight and God knows it was worth it. But now it's all I know how to do. Mm-hmm. Good line. He says, uh, "If you fight and you win, and you lose everything and you win, then you're a hero. But if you fight, you lose everything and you lose, and you're just a fool." Yeah, Mm -hmm. another good line. So a taxi pulls up, and there's two things here. A, how did she know Jerry was going to be there? Well, she looked everywhere, is what she said. So she literally looked everywhere. How the hell did she know where Amara lives? That shit is A M. A-Z-I-N. Well, Don't she's been fucking that. Jerry for months. <laughs> she might know a little bit about the gangster squad. I'm sorry. Look, after I caught you in my boyfriend's house, boyfriend's I'm going to need to know a little bit about your task force. <laughs> we don't anyway. know how much Jerry shared with her. Yeah, she, Jerry Jerry probably told her everything. She tells Jerry or at least that, some of it. that Jack's dead. She saw it. She's a witness. She'll testify. She's like, and they're like, so? <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry's like, no. And he looks over at uh, Omara and he gives like a little, okay. <laughs> so we cut the Judge Carters. She's like, let me do this. <laughs> I watched him kill Jack. Mm-hmm. Jack sacrificed himself for me and now I'm going to make it right and send this murderer to fucking jail. <laughs> so we cut the Judge Carter. He's like, who are you guys? And Jerry's like, well, we've had an, a wire in Mickey's house for a while, which we know is illegal and inadmissible, but we don't think the papers will be so choosy. And, you know, you were on the wire. <laughs> <laughs> so Amara comes up and he goes, you're going to do... Because what do you want to do? Amara says, you're going to retire. But first, but first one last thing. Sign it. Sign, and he doesn't sign it right away. He starts shaking his chair. He's like, sign it, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he signs in and says, oh, you got to sign your own death warrant. So let us worry about that. Where tell is us he? where he is. He's at the hotel... The Plaza Hotel. Blah, blah. Plaza Hotel. It's a fortress. Good luck. He bought out every floor. floor. Yep. So Mara meets with this gangster squad and he says, Tomorrow they'll take my badge. But tonight, I'm going after Mickey Cohen. Kendra's the first one. He says, 
I'll go with you. <laughs> and then fucking Coleman steals the scene. He pulls out his knife because his arm, he had gotten shot and he was in a sling. <laughs> cuts it off and goes, I got no plans tonight. <laughs> <laughs> fucking great. I was like, wow, that was really cool. And the squad is on the hunt. They ride for the last time. Cut to Mickey eating lobster. And is it me? or it, I don't know. Maybe you didn't notice. But there was cake on this plate with lobster. Was there? Yeah. There's a big old piece of chocolate cake next to the lobster. Who does that? I guess you can well, have whatever you want. He did come home and she had and his maid had a chocolate sundae ready for him. And well, he was all happy. So He was a, he a big piece of chocolate. Well, he was, a, a, he was they say it's he was borderline addicted meal. to ice cream. It's his last meal. Maybe all he really wanted was cake and lobster. Well, I don't know why you have an accent. I don't know either. <laughs> but this is why he was meal, fat. Though. It was because he like would eat ice cream constantly. Mm. He he really didn't think it was his last meal. But he also does say he likes only having one fork because you can't get it wrong. So this is his, I don't have to be sophisticated anymore. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And if I'm on lobster with my cake, I can have it. True. All true. Okay, well. Anyway. The, the Red Twins got us there. So Lockwood tells... <laughs> the tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, they're both wearing red sweaters or cars wearing a t-shirt and wearing a but anyway so lockwood tells mickey that the judge is called and there's guys in the way with a warrant yeah. five guys i'm not fucking worried gangster squad pulls up yeah. and they're handing out guns and kenner's got a good one here because he goes to hand him a, a shot a machine gun he says i'll dance with what brung me yeah that was good <laughs> This is fucking ridiculous because Mickey Cohen's guards are I'm at the fucking, the fucking door <laughs> and just watch them open up the trunks and fucking it was pile so out all though. these guns. And they all just and stand there like, with machine guns that point at each other. John, like, Ready? I said, this is the one thing that I is so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And yes, this is the one thing because mm-hmm. there's no way that the people that were sh- fucking shooting at them every goddamn time they've been in a firefight would wait for them to take all their guns out of the trunk. This is bullshit. <laughs> Well, O'Mara calls out to Mickey Cohen and says, I have a warrant for your arrest. Come on out. Get all right. bullhorn he out. A bullhorn, he yeah. goes, all right, you got to come out now. Okay, we're coming in. <laughs> it was literally that fast. Well, they gave him a warning. Well, they said, didn't they yell something out the window? Like, they said, hey, cops, why don't you take your gun and stick him up your ass or something like yeah, that. Like that. <laughs> so he's and, not coming out. And Kenner says, it's your, it's your call. It's your call, Sarge. O'Mara says, let him up. Because <laughs> they all are kind of like, you're cops. You're not going to shoot us. And they apparently some of them have survived these attacks. What's his name that said you're dead, you're all dead. Yeah. Still working for him, so they didn't they're not <coughs> killing him. So gunfight, gunfight, gunfight. So now. And see now that you, here's why I picked this movie, because when you get in the lobby, what do you see? The Christmas tree. Oh Christmas tree. It's you know a Christmas what? movie. I watched this part and it wasn't until he says, I'm Santa Claus. Pick and I'm I was Santa like, Claus. <gasps> Christmas! <laughs> Told you it was a Christmas movie. I saw movie. the trees and stuff at the lobby, but it wasn't until he said that line that I was like, oh my God, it is Christmas. <laughs> All right, so there's gunfight, gunfight, gunfight. Uh, Jerry runs out of bullets, does the old, hey, I'm out. And, the, and O'Mara throws him a magazine, and it doesn't quite make it cliche. Yeah. So Jerry has to slide, load his gun, rack one, and then kill the guy. Move it's pretty cool. Tony I was like, goes, overthrow the magazine. Always overthrow the magazine. <laughs> If it hits the wall, it's fine. <laughs> Don't have your boy jumping out in the fucking gunfire. Mm-hmm. God damn. Piss me off. So all of a sudden, Lockwood's like, Mickey, this is not going our way. We got to go. And Mickey's like, I got to get my tie on first. I'm going to be out there in the public. Because Lockwood is going to put his jacket on too soon. Yeah. Fucking, he needs a it. better... You know what? He's a thug, not a valet. Mickey <laughs> Mickey did like to look nice, but I think the actual Mickey Cohen would have been like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. I don't know. But anyway. I don't know about my tie priorities in a gunfight. Never been in a gunfight, never worn a tie. So I can't really weigh in on this subject. 
Guys are dangerous in fights. Yeah. So America More comes case. out, mm. and he's like, Mickey. And they somehow these guys get down to the lobby, past everybody, get into a car, and O'Mara's in, he's in foot, foot pursuit, and he's running. They shot a cop like, oh, man. When they got off the elevator, and the one dude, like, stuck his head out, <laughs> bam, headshot. Yeah. I was like, fuck. And here's where you get the line. It's like, O'Mara's like, hey, come on out, Cohen. Give it up, and he's like, "Here comes Santa Claus," and he's and he's spending a fortune. Yeah. Oh yeah. They both do. But he's laying down quite a lot of fire. That's how they get out. So it's mm-hmm. not like they just walk out of the hotel. Yeah. So then they some get some of the guys mm-hmm. die. Fucking Lockwood. Lockwood makes there. it out of the fucking hotel and into and to the fucking car. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, Wade. He's a hot stepper. Mm-hmm. I like Kennard because Kennard they had the big machine gun from the roof, and Kennard's like, "Watch this, hoss." Steps out with this fucking six shooter, boom, shoots out the machine gun from who's on top of a building, and he's like, Yep. That's why yeah. he dances with what brung him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need a machine gun when you're that good. That's yep. a, well We haven't we haven't done our good shots references in a while. That's <laughs> well yeah, this is the kind of shot that, that might Dennis Hopper would have called, called Cougar and said, You're never gonna believe this shit, and they both would have looked at Jason and went, dude. <laughs> This is on the list. That one is on the list. That's right. got to be in our top five our, in, our, in our 100th episode. Write Best it down. Shots. Best shots in movies. <coughs> that we've done. That we've done. <laughs> yeah, that we've done. All right, so um, Kenner takes one in the gut. Just then Navidad pulls him to, and Coleman pull him to safety. All right, Cohen gets into the car. Omera jumps in the back fucking window because he's Camp X can run faster than a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, those... Those cars couldn't really go very fast. They didn't have a lot of um, pickup. They t- it, yeah, they it, didn't have a lot of pickup. It took, they t- it took <laughs> a little. It about 50. I don't know yeah, how fast you Yeah, but it took run. some time to get there. <laughs> it took some time to get there. It was a goddamn tank. <laughs> it took a little bit of time. So what happens is, is that he shoots uh, Lockwood while they're driving, and Lockwood goes into a big um, a water fountain, and the car's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the passengers were made to last. That the passengers, was not that. so much. <laughs> the river fountain, definitely not. So, and uh, just then... So, right before the, he hits the fountain, Amara jumps off the car, and he's laying on the ground, doesn't get up. Lockwood well, gets out of the car. Lockwood jumped off a Lockwood car. Lockwood got <laughs> shot. Lockwood got shot, went into a, a fountain, and gets you know out of the car. Mickey's still sitting in the back, and Lockwood's like, let me pull out my gun. I'm okay. You know what's most amazing about this? No seatbelts. He <laughs> would have been headfirst in the fucking fountain. He <laughs> <laughs> would have came out of the water like, whoo! <laughs> Even if they were only at like 35 miles an hour at this point, he yeah. would have been headfirst in the fountain through the windshield. Yeah. Well, anyway, so now, Kenner's like, Navidad, help me out. Help, help me aim. Remember, don't aim where he is. Aim where he's, he's going to be. be. <laughs> And boom! And O'Mara's like, what the fuck was that? Because <laughs> he's on the ground and he thought he was dead. He's like, holy Lock- shit. No, Lockwood is dead. Uh-huh. Yeah, him too. Nice shot, boy. And he says... Or he says, he that's says, my boy. He says, that's my boy. And he, he dies. Gives, he gives him his gun. gun off and gives it to him. And mm-hmm. then he dies. And then he dies. Fucking stone cold pimp. Pimp! I don't know how pimp that was, but <laughs> it was pretty stone cold. So, O'Mara calls out Mickey. Tells him he's under arrest. He's putting a gun on him. But no, he throws the gun... And he goes to punch Mickey, and Mickey moves and punches him. He's, He's like, like, oh, you uh, want to dance? Come Let's on. dance. Come on now. Here's your big boxing scene. And yeah. it's good. It's good, but... And what's funny is when it starts, it's a straight-up boxing match, and Mickey's winning. Yeah. Like, he's winning straight-up. he's straight like, up. look, I'm not a boxer. I can use my legs. And, then he, and then he goes, oh, wait a minute, and pushes him into the car, and then slams his head through the gas, and then starts kicking him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's kneeing him, and he falls down, and he jumps on the ground and punches him. And he's like, ah, ha, ha. That's so why it's important to remember match. that most fights 
may start on their feet but yeah. end up on the ground. And what happened to the and great box rolling around? He got his ass whooped. That's right. Don't, ne- don't ne- neglect your ground game. So th- what's amazing about this, this scene here isn't that they're fighting. It's that, that the press shows up? The fucking press shows up. It's taking pictures. That shit is like... <laughs> Who called the press? I don't know. There's a lot of gunfire. Maybe. maybe. And I don't know how reporters are like, gunfights, let's go get in that. I mean, just one I know, Lois Lane. <laughs> but she's got a Superman. <laughs> That's right. None of these people on this Superman. boat. <laughs> so anyway, this is very... <laughs> with my kid! And I left my phone in the car! <laughs> if you don't know what to talk about, go back and listen to our Superman Lives, uh, Superman Returns episode. <laughs> So, O'Mara beats the shit out of Mickey, and this is very reminiscent of Lethal Weapon, where he goes, get that piece of shit off my lawn. He goes, all right, guys, take him. Yeah. And his two uniform guys show up out of fucking nowhere and arrest well, Mickey Well, there Cohen. was a lot of gunfire. They probably would have showed up. Somebody would have yeah, cut maybe. I mean, there was a lot of gunfire. And we get a voiceover. Every man carries a badge and we, as Mickey Cohen's getting booked. And it says, um, some friends of Jack showed up and meeted Mickey at Alcatraz with a lead pipe. Fun fact... Last, I don't know if it's the last one, but here's they're running out. Mickey mm-hmm. Cohen was beat up by a guy in Alcatraz with a lead pipe, but it had nothing to do with anything. The guy was just nuts, grabbed the lead pipe, and beat the fuck out of Mickey Cohen. He didn't uh-huh. even know who Mickey Cohen was. Interesting. But he did get beat up with a lead pipe hmm. in Alcatraz. <laughs> Other fun fact, Mickey Cohen did go to jail. What for? Not murder. Was it tax evasion? Tax evasion. Wow. Ding, 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 ding. And, and he got arrested and sentenced twice for that. <laughs> the whole thing, no one wants to testify against Mickey Cohen. Bullshit, because hundreds of people um, testified against him in both cases. <laughs> anyway, so we get uh, the the ending part here. The chief stayed in power, and there was no mention Until of the gangster squad. Mm-hmm. Until the day he died. Which he looked pretty old, so it couldn't have been long. <laughs> anyway, maybe a couple weeks. It's hard so, to carry around a head that big. So we see Navidad flipping around a gun. It's Kennard's gun. He's flipping it around as, he, as he's walking with Coleman. Him and Coleman are walking to And beat. he got to keep Kennard's gun, which is nice. And there she says, uh, Jerry threatened to leave the force, but never did. Grace held on to him, and she never let go. And then what the funny part about this scene is, is they stole Mickey's dog. No, no, I said that. <laughs> I kept the dog! <laughs> They stole Mickey's Gotta fucking dog. Maybe it was her dog. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. But Omar is seen on the beach, and he's looking at his badge, and he throws it in the Pacific. Lands he goes, next to Keanu Reeves from Point Break. <laughs> and 50-year storm comes and blows yeah. them both up. No way Bells is bigger than Wyoming, bro. <laughs> uh, we're never going to see Doom again on this podcast. Oh, we, but we may. <laughs> it's a birthday pick. Okay. So, do- see, the way. mob has never, had a str- uh, has never had a hold in L.A. That's not true. This... Uh, this isn't paradise, but it is a city of angels. And we cut away, we see O'Mara and family on the beach. No post-credit flatulence scene. Mm. And that, my friends, is the Gangster Squad. I had At the end, I had to start leaving shit out, because I'm like, damn, this is already at, like, damn near two hours. So, all right. Without, without further ado, Elaine, go first. All right, so before I give my thing, I just want to know, when you guys give your things, um, how do you think this compares to The Untouchables? Mm. Because it's a very similar movie. Yeah, and most of these gangster movies are... Told from the point of view of the gangster, mm. as opposed from Untouchables the Untouchables wasn't, as opposed from the cops, and the Untouchables, oh. much like this movie, is told from the point of view of the cops, which is really interesting. But this one is a lot more like violent than Untouchables. But I just wondered how you guys think it compares to Untouchables. It's like why do you have to like one more than the other? I'm just curious. Okay, my favorite uh, character is Omira. My least favorite character is a tie <clears throat> between Lockwood and Ruckfuck. Neither one of those guys said anything the whole fucking movie. That's why they're my least favorite characters. You got two really quality henchmen here. 
really quality henchmen, and they don't get any lines. They don't get any real screen What's time. Robert Paulson. No, Robert no. Paulson was from... Rekbok um, is the guy Rekbok. with the eye. Oh, okay, okay. That was Meatloaf. Um, Lockwood is Wade from The Losers, and Rekbok is the... Or however you say it, W-R-E-V-O-C-K. Rekbok? Sure. That's the guy that had the weird eye. Okay, He okay. was the, mur- the killer. The oh. killer. I mean, they're both really quality henchmen, but we don't get a lot of screen time with them, and I think that it's sad because I want... I want a little bit more from these actors when you got such good pension. There's just too many people. I know, but it bothered me, so they were my least favorite. All right. My favorite scene is the Burbank jailbreak. (laughs) It's fucking hilarious. It's pretty great. Makes me laugh. Um, My favorite line is, what happened to you this time? They resisted. What happened to them? They resisted. It's a good line. And my favorite tertiary object is the giant walkie-talkie, because I about (laughs) fell out of bed. Um, this movie is great. Everyone should watch it. Uh, I give it a hearty yay. A hearty yay. Um, let's go with Carly. All right. My After Tony. No, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite character was Wooter, Ryan Gosling. Oh, Jerry. At first, I didn't really like him, but then as the movie went on, he became my favorite. He has a lot of good lines. My least favorite character was the head of the Burbank. Was he the sheriff mm-hmm. that put them in the jail? Um, my favorite scene also the jailbreak scene it was amazing <laughs> and not in the way you usually say it <laughs> I always knew I'd die in Burbank my favorite line was when he said you are dead pal you are all and he says yeah we get that a lot after he knocks him out it's <laughs> a good line and my favorite tertiary object was the fancy clothes they wore at slapsy maxis <laughs> I really like those fancy 1949 clothes. She picked the Chiquita Bananas. Uh, <laughs> boom, chicka, boom, boom, yeah, boom. her headpiece. <laughs> and All I'm right. gonna, I'll give it a yay. I don't love it, <coughs> but it was worth watching. Are I, you sure you don't love it? You want to marry it? <laughs> Tony, you going to bring us home here? It watching it. I'm glad I watched it. Also, also. I've never seen The Untouchable, so I have zero opinion on it's your good. question that you asked us to answer. <laughs> well, you should watch it because it stars Kevin Costner and Sean Connery and mm-hmm. and, and Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of the other guy. Okay. So, you have to have an opinion on it because I don't. Uh, Untouchables? Um, <laughs> Untouchables, I think, is a better movie. This is more fun. Like, this is not I love The yeah. Untouchables, but I'm not... I'll probably watch it once every five or six years. I might watch this like every every year, maybe. You know what I mean? This is a little more fun. I like the this fighting in this. It was great mm. in this. When they did the final gunfight in the hotel, in the staircase, that's what really made me think about The Untouchables. Yeah. Because it's a very famous scene with the baby carriage at the train station mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And just a gunfight on the steps, and it really made me think about comparing the Well, movies. if you got to copy something, mm-hmm. copy something that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does it say? Good writers steal. steal. Bad writers. What was it? Good writers, no, good writers borrow, great writers steal. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead, Tony, bring us home. Uh, Gangster Squad, that's one, this one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monster Squad? Mm-hmm. No. This is the second squad movie we had. Best line, Wolfman's Got Nards. All right, uh, favorite character was um, Omara. Mm-hmm. With uh, a little bit of a, uh, maybe 20% on um, Sean Penn. Because he was, he was awesome. He was smooth. very good. Mm-hmm. Not you know the character is kind of a piece of shit, but he was still awesome. Mm-hmm. Like he still did a great job. And uh, least favorite character, Coleman Harris. Really, I loved him. 
He didn't, he didn't do anything. He, did enough. he, didn't, uh-huh. do, he didn't get to do much. That, mm-hmm. may, that may not be his fault. It may just be the script. Mm-hmm. This um, was still early in Anthony Mackie's career before he kind of really hit it big. Yeah, he, he had done Eight Mile before this. But everything <laughs> he did was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, okay. Favorite line is, like I said, this is very tough. This movie, much like your pick, The Warrior, has is just filled with amazing lines. And it's the fair. writing in it is really good, even though the... You know, they said the plot's a little derivative. It's it's the dialogue and writing and and such in it is not. <laughs> it's very good. I have to go with you know the drill because <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> he was like, I hate to pick that as my favorite line. There's so many good so lines. so many good lines. It's so well written, but when he said you know the drill and the guy picked up the drill, <laughs> but it's the murder pun yeah, gets you every so time. Uh, my favorite scene is the uh, little. Um, De Niro, uh, what's his name? Speech where they're together, but it's shot this time. It's Sean Penn and Mr. Gideon, and they mm-hmm. go back and forth in the in the, mm-hmm. the table. So you were talking about heat. I rewound yeah. that while we were watching it, so it and watched it again because it was my good fucking speech. destiny. Punches the fucking table. It was so good. My favorite tertiary object was uh, what was um, one eye's name? Balmanier or something? Rekvok. Rek- his eye. There's a scene. You have to watch it again. There's a scene where Rekvok runs jumps on a car and pulls a gun and shoots at uh brolin he shoots at him with a mauser a mauser c9x and that's a gun that's very close to han solo's so i like that oh he did say when we watch it it. he's got han solo's gun (laughs) it's not it's not the one it's based off of but it's very close it's that it's that weird german blocky gun that has like a handle but either way so that was it and i'll name this movie it's a piece of crap no i'm kidding (laughs) <laughs> Bullshit. No, I really I really like this movie. I don't know how this slipped past me because I really liked it a lot. And he wasn't he was like, I don't know no, about no, a gangster movie because Tony's not really into gangster movies. I find but. a lot of them to be really slow. Mm. This one is not a slow burn. No. This is like a modern gangster film. Alright, so it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. My favorite character is Jerry. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character, I'm gonna go with Raphae's Bastard. Okay, yeah, he's pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. I almost picked him my favorite scene now I wrote down here putting the squad together but I'm changing it on the fly let me tell you why because my favorite scene after talking about it was where the squad finally gets going and like you get Navidad walking with a sledgehammer and they're just kicking guys the montage the montage I do love being a montage and Jerry's like like waving the guy on as Amara's kicking a dude to death that was fucking fun so that's my favorite scene the breaking up the racket montage yeah Mm-hmm. My favorite line it goes like this: Grace Faraday, what's your racket, handsome? Jerry, I'm a Bible salesman. <coughs> so you want to take me away from all this and make an honest woman out of me? No, ma'am. Nope. I just want to take you to bed. <laughs> Boom. And he uh, does. And he does. It my works. my favorite object is all the hats, because I'm a hat guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I liked all the hats. I was gonna. I was wondering what your opinion of the suits were. I love the suits. I am also a suit guy. Mm -hmm. But I I love this movie. I'm about hats. This is, um, while historically inaccurate, I mean, as far away from accurate as you can get in a movie, is this. But this movie is so much fun to watch, and it is a good story, and the dialogue is top shelf. So, highest of recommends. I feel like with historical movies, the ones that are the closest to what really happened don't do as well as the ones where they take liberties. Example, the movie Alexander with um, <laughs> Colin Farrell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is historically very accurate, incredibly boring, oh my God, long, and it was a bad movie. <laughs> Just saying. And sometimes when they tell Troy, they calm down all the fantastical, mystical mm-hmm. magic and stuff, and it was just like a fun movie. It was. You know? mm. Carly? 
Hey, please find us at facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs and on Twitter at unmovie podcast. And you can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com and please listen to all our previous episodes and we'd love to hear from you. Hi, Ben and Nikki. What's up? <laughs> um, next week on the podcast is Tony's pick. Ooh, it's me. This is <clears throat> Krampus. Your no. Christmas movie? No, uh, no. I'm trying to. I'm gonna give. Too. I'm gonna give the werewolves and vampires a rest. And he's not picking Jack Frost too. Is it a mummy no, movie? No, Christmassy, no Christmassy. No, it's. I thought for sure it'd be Jack a, Frost too. It's a thriller. Okay. Oh, it's uh, 1993. Brad Pitt, David Duchovny, California. Ah. Hmm. California with a K, dear. Yeah, with a K. Sorry. <laughs> yes, guys, it's with a K. In case anybody you know, I wants d- to watch I it. I wouldn't have known <laughs> that. I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> I didn't know this movie was a thing. Uh, Is it anything like California Cation, that TV show on Showtime no, with David Gilkey? It's not really a thriller. No, unless you're really wondering who he's going to have sex with next. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, I, I don't think... Um, it's a, that's a good pick. I really thought you were going to go with um, a Shane Black movie. I thought about it, but I, I watched this the other day because I watched it a long time ago. I was like, I don't know if this was good or not. And then I watched it, rewatched it. I was like, eh, I liked it. This is good enough. Wow, what... What a high recommend. <laughs> I'm sure we're all going to be over the moon about this movie. See, I think, oh, I think a lot. I don't, well, you guys are not, you guys don't like thrillers as much. So I don't no. know if you're going to be into this because there's, it's, it's rough. It's I a, might enjoy a thriller more than a horror movie, than a traditional horror movie. Oh, okay. You never can tell. All right. <laughs>